And now for the moment that you've all been waiting for. From the land of the rising sun to just north of the border, strong style meets street style on this very podcast. Because you're looking at the Saitama Saint, the Osaka Superstar, the Mad Titan of Tokyo, the American Kaiju. Oh, but wait, there's more. Tonight, you're going to get two Hogsmen for the price of one. He's the ombre with no nombre. He's mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo, El Numero Uno. That's right. You're listening to one of the three Hogsmen, Big Duke. Not going to make it this week. Said so he's going to try next week. And uh, and Devin's out this week also. He, uh, he's he got some stuff going on and uh, couldn't make it this week. But you got me and you got MPA. That's right. That's right. I'm here. Come rain or shine, as I said last time. Fucking trooper, man. Um, Today, I'm going to tell you about my WWE tryout experience. Uh, I was sitting around thinking, like, well, what am I going to talk about if Devin's not here? Because... Devin usually helps chime in on the uh, conversation and uh, said, you know what? I've talked about my WWE tryout experience. I've mentioned it, but I've never told the whole story. So I thought I would uh, do that because that'll kill about an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. I don't even know this story. Uh, yeah. I've told it once. It was on a, a podcast. That it was called Dark Match, Dark Match Podcast. I told the story, but it was over the phone and I think it sounded like shit. So. Those usually do the podcasts over the phone. Yeah. So we'll do it today. Um, before we get to that, though, let's talk a little bit about the uh, wrestling scene right now. Big news. Stinger is in AEW. He uh, made a surprise appearance. Were you watching that? I was. What'd you think? I was actually really surprised. It was one of those moments where I actually, like, I don't usually do that when I watch wrestling anymore. I go, what? And, like, get shocked by stuff, but it legitimately surprised me. A lot of stuff that night legitimately surprised me, to be honest. Yeah. I uh, I didn't watch it, but I, I obviously was all over the yeah. social media. And uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, what is AEW going to do with Sting? Um, he obviously he took a bad bump from a buckle bomb when he was back with the WWE that kind of put him out of commission, right? He did two matches with, uh, in WWE. Yeah. He did one with triple H and then he did the one with Rollins where he was injured. Yeah. So I, and Sting, Sting's gotta be what? 60. I think they said he's 63, something like that. I don't I don't know. What are you gonna do? You're going to put that, you're going to put the strap on him and try and push a 60 year old. No, I think what the, the goal of it is, is cause you know, there's the connection with TNT and Sting Uh from WCW. And I feel like, I feel like kind of like what they did with Jericho too. It's to kind of lend some credibility to the promotion as it tries to build itself. Yeah. So you look at it, you're like, Oh, Sting and Chris Jericho are there. And then you tune in and then you see MJF, you see John Moxley, you yeah. see all these other guys and it kind of get, lends some credibility to those guys. Maybe get that nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think what it was. I think a lot of people, especially cause they feel bad with how sting was treated in wwe Mm -hmm. his kind of like two performances were pretty lackluster i feel like that place seems like more of a fit for sting like you know it's it's a bigger stage than what tna was Mm -hmm. but it's still also a way for him to you know i don't think he'll wrestle much and i think if it does i think he'll tag 
I think so too. Because Cody's been on record as that's his favorite wrestler. That was his favorite wrestler growing up. So I assume there's going to be some kind of tag there. He had some kind of thing with Darby Allen where they looked at each other and there's the coral there with Darby paints his face like sting, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, I just don't really see that. I feel like that as a, as a bad matchup. Yeah. I mean, I don't sting think that, and Darby. I, f- I feel like that's a place though, the, where they won't try to have him have like a 20 minute match. Yeah. They'll have him come in, do stinger death drop, scorpion death lock, ring the bell. Like that kind of stuff. Finger splash. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's, I, I'm giving them a lot of credit. I don't know if I should because they've only been around for a year, but I feel like they're going to utilize guys like him a little better than trying to have him wrestle a 20 minute match with triple H. Yeah. With oh, a yeah. bunch of bells and whistles. You yeah. know what I mean? But I, I did, I did love that match. It was a WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, uh, 31. But that yeah. was cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. The crowd loved it. I yeah. was there. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. And then local news. Uh, did you see that Damien 666 yes, yeah. is in the hospital with COVID, him and his wife. So, you know, my thoughts with uh, Damien, his wife, and, and Besha, uh, they're always there at the Canna Pro shows. Uh, I've seen, I've met Damien multiple times. He, uh, he uh, is always in the locker room. Great guy, nice guy. His kid Bestia is just as cool of a cool of a dude. Awesome wrestler, fun to be around. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know my thoughts are with him and his family, and you know good luck. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got going on in this crazy world. We lost Pat Patterson over the weekend. Pat Patterson, man, passed away. Um, kind of out of the blue. Like, yeah. There was like I, I, he was like seventy. Yeah. Seventy eight, I think. He yeah. was at the Royal Rumble in January, so that's uh, that's unfortunate. He obviously was like, if Pritchard was like Vince's right hand, I feel like Patterson was probably his left. Yeah, yeah, he was influential in so many guys. Austin and Rock both said that he basically helped them. Yeah, and that's the two biggest stars ever, arguably. Yeah. And then he invented the Royal Rumble. Yeah, so you know, and he's he wrestled predominantly up in San Francisco during his peak run. So yeah. Um, funny story. So, uh, I feel like Patterson was like the eyes and ears for, uh, for, um, Vince. Yeah. Like when, like in the background and all that. I think he was a scout too. Um, yeah, probably something like that. And, uh, he, uh, so he was, whenever I did, when, when did tryout, uh, work for, or not tryout, uh, extra work for, uh, WWE. Um, you would see Patterson in uh in catering. Yeah, right. And he's just kind of sitting there by you know by himself, and he, he you could just tell he was kind of scanning the room. You know, he was probably just like the guy that if there was anything going on. He probably reported to Vince about it. Yeah, you know. So this one time, I think it was in Vegas, uh, doing doing extra work, and um. Where uh, the the show has already started, and a lot of the extra guys are in catering and sitting basically right next to, to Pat Patterson, right? And a few of the the match that was happening on the TV, uh, some of the guys started like kind of like talking shit about it. The extra guys, and I'll tell one name because I don't want to stooge everybody out, but I'll, I'll I'll tell one name. It was Suede, was like just being very like. Uh, 
he was just shitting on the match. And Pat- they knew Patterson was, and Patterson right there? was Patterson was right there. And a lot of us were like, holy fuck, we got to get away from, you know, this table because these guys are shitting on this match. You don't shit on the company that you're trying to work for, right? Yeah. Especially right in front of one of the top guys. And uh, and I remember we all just like every like the, the people that didn't notice that just got up and we're like, we're out of here. We're not going to be like next thing you know, like we fall like it's it's the extra guy. You know, the extra talent was talking shit. You know, it was just like two or three guys. Because then you're put on a list of guys that are never brought back. Exactly. If that list exists. I yeah. Don't know. But uh, that was like one incident I had. Uh, not incident, but like that was like one memory that came to me uh, when I when I read that Pat Patterson passed away is how some of the extra talent was talking shit about a WWE match almost right in front of them. Uh, and man, I, I loved Patterson and Briscoe as like the stooges, yeah. you know, that's probably what most people obviously in our age range probably remember them yeah. for. Yeah. Cause I mean, most people probably don't remember him and I, know, I don't winning the intercontinental title. You know, I don't either. You know, I wasn't really, I don't even think that was it's just before our days. Yeah. It was before our time. I know Patterson and Briscoe as the Stooges. Yeah. You know, but they were awesome at it. They were the guys getting everybody over. Who was taking the stunners? Patterson and Briscoe and the New Age Outlaws. Right? Like, they were like the guys that were constantly getting the finishers hit on them. um, Constantly taking the bump and feed. You know, like, they, 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 those four guys that had a huge hand in getting over the top talent. Yeah. And if you, you know. think about how silly they were made to look so often and like how they were just fine with it. Yeah. That should be another lesson to younger wrestlers. Like never think you're better than anyone because yeah. those two guys, Briscoe was a legitimate shooter. He could oh, yeah. take out anyone even at that age in 98. Yeah. And Patterson was obviously, you know, the first intercontinental champion, a legend in his own right. So you see that today. It's like, you think about that today. Like imagine if the undertaker, what who's kind of like that guy now the guy who started when we were younger mm-hmm. and now he's older like imagine the undertaker becoming one of the stooges or something like yeah, that. I, know. I know like it's it's not it wouldn't happen yeah. it's just a different time but. yeah and also man like so patterson was a gay man yep and uh he came out way back in the day yep uh and it's weird did they so remember that uh that little reality TV show that they uh, WWE had where it was like the Legends the, House. The Legends House or whatever. And yeah. they made it sound like he came out on that. Yeah. But that was obviously just the work. No. Yeah. But, uh, man, he came out in a time when it was like, you know, very, you know, I had a, what do you call, like there's probably maybe, maybe a lot of homophobia going on. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of it. They did. I mean, they made little jokes on TV. If you watch back Raw's in 98, they'd uh-huh. make little jokes about Patterson uh, the young boys back there or Patterson's looking for him or something oh, really? like that yeah like JR would always allude to it but in like a funny playful way not in like a mean spirited way it was probably one of the things Vince put it in JR's ear to say it but yeah I don't I don't think it was ever an issue obviously because Patterson was never like not treated well by the company yeah you know I, I didn't know that as a kid like no. or, you know when I was watching Attitude Era Raw like I didn't pick up on any of those little like insider jokes. I didn't know he was gay until like I got into the business. I was like, Oh yeah. really? Um, and you know, Hey, that's cool. Live your life, man. Yeah. Just show, it, it really, it really doesn't matter to Vince McMahon, what you are in terms of your sexuality. No. Yeah, man. But, uh, Pat Patterson, goddamn legend. What else is going on? Uh, I actually, I had an, I, 
idea something that happened that I wanted to... Let's see. Uh, I don't know. But we have a list of questions. Let's get that out of the way before we go into story time with Camden. Um, actually, I saw this question. It was uh, it was posted on our uh, Instagram, the Hogsman Pod Instagram page. And I was like, this is a good question. So I definitely want to answer it now. All right. So this is from SoCal Gabe. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, this is the only question we got this week. So Gabe asks, last night at work, my coworker and I listened to the entirety of System of a Down, Toxicity, and Tool, Enema, two of my personal favorite albums from start to finish. Are there any albums from any genre that either Mike or NPA are fans of from start to finish? Yes. And actually, he mentioned uh, Toxicity. Uh, I remember when that came out. Um, fucking amazing album from start to finish. The first song, uh, Prison Song, mm-hmm. amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I was a big System of a Down uh, fan when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of the best fucking concerts I have ever seen, uh, System of a Down was a part of it. It was at Cox Arena. This must have been like 2000. I don't know when Toxicity came out. I'm guessing around 99, 2000, something like that. And uh, here's the lineup. Get this shit. It was Mudvayne opened up. And Mudvayne was still a little bit newer. Uh, I'd seen them prior before open up for Slipknot. And uh, they still were trying to make a name for themselves. And so they opened up. Then it was Ramstein who was fucking amazing. Uh, I didn't know anything about Ramstein until... I only knew Duhast. Yeah, Duhast. everyone knows that. And I remember I saw on MTV News, shout out to Kurt Loader, uh, they did a little clip on them and their uh, concerts, how like they put on these incredible performances, you know, with like fire and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Ramstein did not disappoint, man. Lead singer comes out singing he's got a red dot like a red like laser attached to it like on his eye and he's got this huge metal jacket on and starts singing and then midway through the first song he goes up in flames he he gets lit on fire by this jacket it's amazing and starts singing the whole song on fire on fire <laughs> and then from there on out they had like flamethrowers on their faces it was one of the most amazing concerts I've seen in my life. And it was all in German. Had no idea what they were singing about, but the, they, they were awesome, man. Can you imagine having to like explain that to the arena before the show? Like, hey, we're going to light a person on fire. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, and I got a flamethrower that shoots like a 20 foot flame. <laughs> Cause you have to ask before you do this stuff like that. You can't just yeah. have a flame. You have to like, make sure it's cleared with that building and whatnot. And... Yeah. But it was amazing. And then Slipknot went on. And uh, they had an incredible performance, and I yeah, that was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. But that uh, that album Toxicity is, is an amazing album. Uh, another album that I love uh, from start to finish is uh, Static X, uh, Wisconsin Death uh, Wisconsin Death Trip. It's, that's a great album. It fucking lives up. It's a it's a metal album, but it's weird because so they're the kind of band that could either go on tour with Link Lincoln Park. Or with Slayer, right? Like their music yeah. kind of floats somewhere in the middle and it's except, you know, obviously like Slayer fans aren't really going to be the same as Linkin Park fans, right? Yeah. 
but I feel like Static X is one of those bands that could float back and forth and, and could tour with whoever. Um, my older brother was ha- had this weird thing, man, where he would just find like new albums. Uh, so back in the day, a long, long time ago, uh, there used to be this thing called record stores. And uh, there was one called Music Trader in uh, Poway. And that's where Devin grew up. And Music Trader would let you open up the CD, listen to it, and then decide if you want to buy it or not. And my brother would just go down there for like hours and, and, and do that. He, he bought some 41's uh, Half Hour of Power before anybody else, before anybody knew about him. He only bought the album because it was named Half Hour of Power. And that's a cool name. Yeah. And it turns out it was an awesome album. That's another one of those albums that you're like, this is a good album, start to finish. Some 41. Um, and then DMX, uh, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Yes. So DMX, I had heard, heard him on The Locks, Money, Power, Respect. He had a like the close, like the last uh, verse. Yeah. And that's all you knew about DMX. And then, but he, it was awesome. You were like, this guy is sick. Then my brother went and bought that album brought it home and uh, listened to the whole thing and we were like holy shit this guy is amazing because you got to remember the time that this came out it was right it was after I think Tupac Tupac and Biggie got got killed yeah right the rap scene had kind of been like yo I think we took this like too far so next thing you know you have a lot of shiny you know like clothes in the rap videos it's very kind of happy I guess you could say like I don't know it's just you call it the puff daddy days exactly exactly and then all of a sudden you have this guy named DMX come out and he's he's not talking about like his hoes and money and you know glitz and glam he's talking about death Satan you know like really like hardcore like living like growing up in the streets kind of stuff and you were like this nobody else sounds like this right now and uh, anyway, so I love that album. My brother bought the first uh, Eminem album, the Slim Shady or the yeah. Mar- Marshall Mathers. Yeah, Slim Shady LP. Is that the first one? Yeah, that that's one of mine too. We, From start to finish, the we, album is incredible. Yeah, see, my brother, we would, my older brother and I shared a room all 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 through going growing up, and uh, you know, back when you only had CDs to listen to or you know whatever, we'd put that on and just start it and listen to the whole thing. And, you know, sometimes we'd, like, go to sleep just listening to, like, CDs like that. Uh, here's one out, out of left field. My brother, for some reason, bought this album. Do you remember the New Radicals? No. Uh, if um, It's uh, the only get what you give song. Don't give up. You only get what you give. Oh, yeah. Incredible album. That's a good song. For, it is. I like that song. So my brother, for some reason, bought that album. And uh, I was like, why are you buying that album that's kind of weird we put it on we're like going to bed and just let that run and i was like i think at one point like i was just like this is a really good album like it's just very good i don't know so there's some albums i'm sure there's plenty of other ones out there that i I really like but uh those are just a few that's the problem with a lot of like the way music is streamed today like I don't think people make albums for that purpose anymore. Like if you listen to Eminem's albums, they're all made for if you sit in one listen, you'll get the whole vibe of the album. Yeah. But if you, you know, now it's like, here's a song, here's a song, here's a song, here's a song. It's all about singles. Yeah. Cause you can buy them on, uh, your 
what is it? Apple Music. Yeah, that's how I, I pay nine 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 a month, and I can have whatever I want on yeah. my phone, and it's great. Cause, but I end up just downloading old stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Same if you look here. at my phone, it's all like stuff from like two thousand five and BB before that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, same here man like i used to be all like going to, i used to go to concerts every weekend man like metal concerts and stuff like that and uh i don't i don't know any any bands nowadays i still listen to the old stuff like yeah. that i listened back in like the early 2000s and like late 90s and stuff like that uh every once in a while i'll, I'll pick up on some new music but i don't i don't know i'm just i just don't there's another album kill switch engage are we alive or just breathing one of my favorite albums uh, Atreyu, uh, is it Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses? Love that, that album right. too. And they also have another one called The Curse, and uh, I like that too. So, uh, there's your answer, answer, Gabe. Right? Yes. Thanks. Good question. I like that it wasn't wrestling related. Um, yeah, you might as well ask non wrestling related questions at this point because there's not much wrestling to talk about. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, we could talk about AEW and Impact working together, but why? I mean that's that's cool that they're doing that, but I don't know what they're gonna. Who, who I mean, it sounds like AEW probably has is probably gonna get the better deal out of that. Yeah, I mean it's gonna put Impact kind of back on the map too, because at this point they've kind of become irrelevant. But I mean Whoa. they're gonna have Kenny Omega on their show tonight. Like, yeah. I mean the problem with that is it's like if there was a crowd, it'd be like cool. Now you can like the anticipation can build throughout the night. But Impact runs in an empty warehouse right now. So Kenny Omega is just going to come out to nothing. Yeah. And like that takes a lot away from, you know, like the fact the big thing last week was AEW has a crowd. So when that happened, all that stuff happened, it was like a big deal. Sting came out. There was an actual crowd reaction to it. Yeah. You know, WWE, it's like there's a LED wall of people and <laughs> yeah. And Thunderdome. then no one to react to Dominic's shirt. I saw that the pink turtleneck. The pink turtleneck. I saw that. That's gangster. Everybody was making fun of him. All even the, even the WWE guys were making fun of him. Good. I mean, it, no 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 thing is bad publicity, right? No. So yeah, I thought that I thought it was gangster. Um, shout out to Dom. I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, what else? Anything else? Little stuff going on? I don't know. Anything yeah. going on in your life right now? No. Yeah. Football same. season coming to an end. Uh, the Jets got a W. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No. Oh, the Raiders. That's right. Yeah, they, they went. Uh, they yeah. they decided to go uh, full on tank mode. Uh, yeah, they blitzed all out blitzed with like 13 seconds left to intentionally lose the game. I saw, and that nobody guy. can tell me any differently. Poor Jets, man. That's that's tough, dude. Having, well, like they they haven't won one game this season. Well, apparently the uh, number one pick this year is supposed to be like I can't miss, like top, like prospect, like as good as like Peyton Manning, and so everyone's been like clamoring for him. Really? So. That everyone thinks that the Jets are intentionally losing at this point to try to get him throwing. Yeah, and that throwing would throw the games. Yeah, and that would yeah, because like their defense was like we like you don't do that with 13 seconds left. You don't send everybody <laughs> while you have a rookie cornerback on a one of the fastest guys in the league. Like it just because the guy got fired the next day. The defensive coordinator saw, got fired. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, I saw that. all right. That's like at this point, like I'm just. I don't care. Like they're zero and thirteen. Like there's no rooting interest for me anymore to care this season. Yeah, you know. And I just I'm watch. I'm just at the point in the season where I'm watching football. It's a rebuilding phase. Yeah, they're it's, in a rebuilding phase. It's a nice time of the year because I'm not stressed about fantasy football anymore. 
and I can just watch football. Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, the Chargers got destroyed. I saw that. Yeah, Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. He dominates them. Jesus. So. Destroyed. Oh, well. Whatever. So, I, so this is like a funny... I, I used to be really into football. Yeah. Right? I used to be really into football. Uh, my friends and I, when we all lived together, Sundays, you're, you're watching football all day, basically. And, uh, you know, I kept up with it pretty well. And uh, I kind of lost my passion for football when I started working uh, in the bar industry, like the industry, like, because uh, I'd be working su- football Sundays. Yeah. Right. And I would watch. It was amazing to me how passionate people were. Like they like if their team was losing, they would literally like punch punch like a picture. Oh god! Like on on the wall that had like a glass frame, or they would like try and fight somebody uh, that's wearing the opposing team's jersey uh, because you know the team was beating their ass or something yeah. like that. And I would just be like, "This is amazing! This is amazing! You guys are literally looking to start some shit for 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 guys that don't give a shit about you. They don't care about you." All those players on the field, they don't give a shit about you. If you try and fight the opposing, the fan of the opposing team, uh, they're not going to bail your ass out of jail. Yeah. Uh, this one time. So on Sunday nights, uh, this place in PB called The Tavern, that was their night, Sunday nights. And I'd go there quite often, um, Sunday and Monday nights, because that was usually like my nights off. And I'd go there and get all banged up. But there was always Charger uh, players there on Sunday nights. Win, lose, or draw. Even if they got their asses handed to them, you would guarantee to see some of the Charger uh, the Charger uh, players there. Yeah. Partying like they just won the goddamn Super Bowl. And I remember uh, this one time a Chargers fan got really upset, man. He got really upset because you know, obviously the Chargers were losing. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but I had to pull him out of the bar. And I was talking to him. I go, man, because I, I I can't remember exactly what he did, but he was just really upset and all that kind of stuff. And I go, man, you're really that that pissed off, huh? And he was just like, yeah. And I'm just like, I want you to go over to Tavern tonight. A bunch of the Chargers are going to be there. See how pissed they are, how pissed off they are about this loss, because they ain't going to be. They're going to be. They're 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 out there. They're over there drinking and looking for you know to hook up with chicks. Yeah. And uh, you know I don't know if he did that night or not, but that's when you got to realize this is just a job to these guys. You know, it's just a job. It's gotten even worse now. People will tweet at these guys if they're on their fantasy team and they have a bad game. They're like, fuck you, you killed my fantasy season. I'm like, they do not care. They don't give a fuck. I'm just like, yeah, that's that's at a point where it's like you can't get mad at them for running the plays that were called in the game. Like, yeah, it's not their fault. And also, if somebody has a bad game, hey, I'm sure you've had a bad day at work before, too, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, it's kind of the same thing. You just... You know, had a, had a shit. I've had shitty, plenty of shitty matches in my life. You know what? I used to get really upset about it, and then you kind of start to realize, like, well, did I get hurt? Am I injured? Did I just, or did I just have a bad match? Yeah. Because if it was just a bad match, I'm fine with that. Now, if I'm hurt or injured, and it was a bad match, then I'm really upset about that one. You know, and especially this year, these guys, I'm sure, are even more stressed out with everything. Like there was a game on tonight. And the guy got pulled in the pregames because he tested positive. Oh, really? And I'm just like, now is this game going to get canceled? Like, there was a game last week where the Ravens had to play with, like, their entire backup. Because everyone on their offense. I saw that. I I heard about that. I heard about that. Like, what? Like, 
even the football players are probably just ready for the season to be over. What about the uh, the Broncos last week? Yeah, they play with a wide receiver, and you know <laughs> they had a, they're bringing a guy that hasn't played quarterback since he was like in high school or yeah. some shit like that. And they could have moved that game too, like they did all these other games. Like there's a game on Tuesday. That game wasn't supposed to be on Tuesday, but they accommodated this team. They could have accommodated the Broncos. Yeah, I'm not a Broncos fan. But I was actually kind of rooting for him that that game because it's like, dude, I would love to see like, yeah, some guy just because I think he was just on the practice squad too. He was a practice squad wide receiver. Get get put in that spot, and what if he came out and just started murdering? Yeah, you know the defense. It's like a movie script, exactly it's written for you. But yeah, ah well, this football season's been crazy. I can't wait to see a Super Bowl with like no one in the crowd. I know it's gonna be weird. I know. Uh, it's, it'll be like watching a WrestleMania with nobody in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> that was even weirder. Anyways, let's get into story time. All right. Okay. This is going to take some time. All right. This is going to take some time. Um, now, I've, I've, uh, I've mentioned that I had a WWE tryout prior. Um, it was back in February of 2018. That's, that's when my, uh, my tryout happened. Um. I reached out to William Regal prior to that, probably a few months. I had heard a story about somebody emailing William Regal. And uh, I was like, wait a minute. You can just email these people? Like, what are you talking? Like, that's crazy. You can just email these people? And uh, I think I asked Devin. I go, Dev, how do you think he even got his uh, mail address, uh, email address? And Devin just just told me the email address. He goes, it's probably this. And I go, oh, one day I'm just sitting around and I was like, I'm going to fucking see if I get a response. You know, I'm going to email William Regal and with the address that Devin just gave me that he does, he's not even hundred percent sure that it's that. Yeah. And I was like, let's try it out. So I emailed William Regal. I think I emailed him like uh, a match um, also just saying like who I was and how long I've been working for and all this kind of stuff. And if that was ever an opportunity, uh, for a tryout, extra work, whatever, I'd be, you know, I'd really appreciate the opportunity. And I got a response and, uh, it basically like kind of said like, Hey, uh, I think like the 2017 tryouts are all filled up, but I'll, I'll, I'll put you on the list for a future date. And I was like, Oh, sweet man. Like, I can't believe I just got a fucking response, you know, like that's pretty amazing. And I had, and even in between that time, I, I had emailed them, uh, like a match, like, Hey, can you check this out and, you know, give me your thoughts. If not, I understand it's cool. Probably got shit to do. And he did, he emailed me back with a little bit of critiques and what to work on and what was good, what was not. And I was like, Holy shit, this is fucking cool, man. You know? Uh, so then, um, in December, I think it was December of 2017, I got uh, an email from a gentleman named Paul, not Triple H, but a guy named Paul, uh, that worked for the WWE asking if I would be available for a, a tryout in February. Uh, it was like early February. And uh, I was like, of course I would be. And he goes, okay, I'm still putting it together, but I'm going to, you, you, we might bring you out. And I go, oh shit, you know. So then he uh, emailed me a few days later and confirmed, hey, you know, we'd like you to come out for a tryout. 
and uh, and here's the date and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, holy fuck, like this is incredible. I have a tryout with the WWE and that's where I'm gonna stop right here. And I'm gonna go back in time, okay? Because to, to tell this whole story, I have to tell, I have to tell another incident that happened to me uh, back in 2005. That way it can kind of come full circle. I guess you can, okay? So uh, in July of 2005, uh, I had just had my birthday. My birthday is July 4th. I think this was either July 7th, July 8th, something like that. I was working at the nightclub that I worked at. It was a Saturday night. And it's in PB. It's called Typhoon Saloon. It's where I worked at. Uh, I got a call um, over the ear, my uh, earpiece that, uh, hey, we got a guy over here trying to start fights in this area. And I walk over. I was like kind of a, one of the more like veteran guys working. And we usually worked with like 20, 18 to 20 guys a night, you know, security-wise. And uh, I walk over, and there was this guy. He was a customer. Blonde hair, his name, I think his name is Eric. Nice guy. Him and his girlfriend would come in all the time. Very nice. They'd bring in friends. They were always very, very polite and uh, never caused any problems. And Eric goes, hey, uh, this guy over here is trying to, like, fight my friend. And I'm pulling my, you know, I, I, I pulled my friend away, but I'm just giving you a heads up. Like, that guy is, like, trying to fight people. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, who? And he points out the guy. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go take care of it. Oh, you know, we'll probably bring him out, talk to him, see what's going on. And so I walk up to this guy. As I'm walking towards him, I see he's a, he's about 5'11". And he, uh, big, broad shoulders, man. Big, big shoulders, big arm, you know, like just a, you could tell this guy's got a lot of muscle on him. And he looked like he was maybe like Pacific Islander, maybe like a Samoan or something like that. So I walk up to him and I'm like, hey, man. You know, can you come on outside with me? I want to just talk to you. I heard there's something going on, you know, and, and he already immediately starts giving me attitude. And uh, so, you know, I got a few other security guys with me and I'm trying to be nice to him. And, you know, I'm like, hey, man, I just got to talk to you outside. It's not a big deal. Uh, and then the, his friend kind of chimed in a little bit and goes, hey, man, I'll, I'll take care of him. Uh, where do you want him to go? And I was like, hey, we just got to go out the side door over here. And anybody out there that says like, oh, you're going out the side door, you know, you're from New York. You going out the side door in New York, probably getting lumped up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that wasn't how that wasn't the case. You know, I, I what we did was we brought people out the side door. That way you don't bring them out the front door because that's where all the incoming clientele ha- is coming in. Right. And if an incident happens, you don't want to do it in front of all the incoming clientele. Right. Yeah. So we. uh his friend grabs him by the shoulders, you know, like from like kind of like behind and uh, starts walking him that uh, towards the side door. And uh, he, uh, you know, we get out to the side door and this guy, the guy that was causing the problems immediately turns around as soon as we get outside and, and he just looks at me, starts calling me a faggot, you know, starts saying all these things to me. I hadn't even said a word yet when we, when we got outside the door. So I recognize like, man, he's, he's heated at me. He's heated at me. I'll take a step back and I'll let the the general manager was there. A few other security guys were there. I'll let them step in. And uh, so this side door is uh, the handicap exit or it's a handicap entrance, right? So basically there's a ramp. It goes down and then it U-turns, comes back. And then, you know, it, uh, it, uh, that's the handicap ramp. 
So this guy, he immediately, he's aggressive with me verbally. He's just yelling at me, calling me names. And I just took a step back and his friend grabs him again and starts walking him down the, the handicap ramp. And then, you know, where it re, where it kind of U-turns. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the guy and all of a sudden, I don't know where this glass came from, but it was a pint glass. He fires that thing right at my face. And it's probably from like 15 feet away. And, you know, he makes this quick movement and he, he, he chucks this, this glass at, at me. And it's clear, and I'm like, what the hell? You know, it, it, it's such a short space, and it's clear. I'm kind of like, what the hell is that? And bam, it, it breaks over my jaw, the uh, left side of my jaw. And I'm just like, it, like, it turns my head, and I'm like, what the hell just hit me? And I look down, and I see broken glass on the ground. And I go, holy shit, he just threw a glass at me. How the fuck, where the fuck did that come from? Still don't know to this day how that glass got out you know like how he got his hands on it and uh i'm like oh okay well i guess i gotta do something about this so i start walking down the ramp and i start feeling crunchy stuff in my mouth and i'm like okay he probably just knocked out a few teeth with this glass right so i start spitting it's glass i'm spitting glass out and i go oh that's kind of weird so uh this guy, he you know, he gets to the bottom to the to the actual floor or you know the the ground of the bottom of the of the, of the handicap handicap ramp, and uh, behind him is the club, and then he's kind of like boxed in. I guess you can't, guess you can say, right? I've kind of identified like, okay, we've just went to another level. Um, it's, th- this guy, he's got to go to jail. Like the cops got to come do this. So I hop over the railing, and. Uh, for him to get like to leave he's gonna have to go through me and uh as soon as i hop the railing and he kind of knows he's boxed in he goes oh you want to go and i was like yeah i do um so he goes to uh i start walking towards him and he he goes to throw this huge right hand and i shot in a double leg and got deep on the double leg and uh it i i so there was a sh- like a kind of like a shed, like a workshop out there, and it's got double doors that come out. So somehow I get this guy basically like on my shoulder, and I'm running, and I, we we go crashing into these double doors. I mean, I'm talking like the impact was like insane, man. I'm, I was literally running with this guy on my shoulder, and you know, we, I, I thought we were gonna go through these double doors, like we got kind of like rebounded off the double doors when I, when we went slamming into him and uh, we dropped down onto the ground and he's on his hands and knees and I'm a, uh, I'm like, I have like a waist lock on him from behind. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. I'm going to throw some punches. I've ne- I'd never thrown punches in my life at a customer. You know, it was, it, I wasn't, I'm not about that. I'm not about like cheap shots or anything like that. Right. So I, I postured up and I started like throwing some shots into his kidney and it was right then I uh, I fucking saw blood raining down onto his back. And it's coming from me, this blood. And I'm just like, holy shit. And I, so I just was like, okay, well, I'm, now this has really gone to the next level. You know, like I just realized like 
from seeing the amount of blood falling onto his back that like he needs to he, the cops really need to arrest this guy so I hold on to him and uh, he's strong as fuck man like I was trying to hold on to him and uh, you know it was a struggle it was a pretty big struggle and over the earpiece my uh, my general manager called for all the security guys get out here get out here now so uh, eventually kind of dragged the guy to the ground kind of have him on a dog pile uh, and they're like Mike go and get, get off him get off him Mike I'm like, all right, cool. So I, uh, I walk around, kind of like trying to re- like gather myself. Yeah. And a buddy of mine that I'd known since uh, I was a kid, his name's Dan, and I got I helped get Dan a job there, and jo- Dan had been working there for a good amount of time. And Dan comes walking up to me, and he goes, "Mike, you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm fine." And he looks at me and he goes, "Oh shit!" I go, "What?" And he goes, "Your neck." And I go, what? And right then, I, I, I felt the warm blood going down my chest. Like, I could, like, right at that moment, I felt it pouring out of my neck. So this is like those, that scene in the movie where someone gets shot and doesn't realize. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, you've been shot. Yeah, exactly. But in real life. Exactly. And this all happened after you had a massive fight with this guy. Yeah, yeah. So um, Dan has a probably a dirty rag in his back pocket immediately throws that thing up against my neck and goes Mike lay down and uh, the other managers are like holy shit call call 911 right now because like now everybody else kind of understands what's going on uh, I'm bleeding pretty bad out of my neck and luckily we had like a few guys that were EMT certified uh, on the staff so they were there like applying pressure to my neck like to where I almost couldn't breathe Yeah, but it's like they understand like holy shit like this is bad um and it was kind of funny i started laughing um another one of the managers who was just kind of a funny guy i still have the the earpiece in my ear so i can hear all the chatter that's going on and uh this manager name his name was vic goes somebody call 911 Wrightsman's dying out here and i just i started kind of laughing and i just i just took my earpiece out and i go i don't need to hear that right now <laughs> And uh, meanwhile, so the guy that did this to me, he's, uh, he's on the ground. The security surrounded him, and he's laughing. He's laughing at me, and uh, he's talking about how he's going to sue me for God knows what. But uh, I remember just hearing him laugh. I, I remember just hearing him laugh, and I was like, I, I was just like, holy fuck, you know? And... That's kind of like when you know somebody's really fucked in the head. Yeah. Is when they've done something like they just did to me and they're laughing about it, you know? So uh, the ambulance shows up, you know, takes them a, uh, not a lot, not a long time to get there. And they're like, how are we going to get them on the gurney? Because I'm like in this weird area where they couldn't get the gurney. And I go, guys, I can stand up. I can stand up, you know, like, come on. We're just wasting time here if you guys are trying to figure out how to get me on the gurney. So I stand up, I walk over to the gurney, I, I, I lie down on it, and uh, they load me up in the ambulance, and they start rushing me to the hospital. And, uh, and here's where shit started to like, really get, like, started to get like, real. Um, they start, so I have uh, two paramedics, on, uh, one on each side of me, and they start putting IVs in me. Uh, one paramedic on the left arm, one on the right arm. And I remember 
the guy on the right, it must have been like, he must have been newer because that he couldn't get the, he, he just, it was not going smooth with the IV, you know, trying to get the needle in the vein. Whereas like homeboy on the left was like, he, he got that thing in no problem. And uh, I remember like it kind of like that, it got real to me. It got real, real, like, holy shit, I'm bleeding out of my neck. And I look up at the paramedic and I just go, uh, hey man, how's uh, how's it look? What do you think? And he, and you know, you look f- for a person in that kind of position to be like, oh, I've seen worse. Don't worry about it, kid. We got you, you know? Cause I was like 23 at the time. And uh, he looks at me and he goes, I don't know, man. And uh, that got like, that, really hit was me. this the guy that you thought was new no this was like the guy that looked like he was in charge oh yeah and that would go, scare me too he goes I, I don't know man and uh i was like oh fuck and um this is the crazy thing like I, I wasn't afraid of dying you know like if i die um okay you know i can't i have no control over this right now yeah the one thing that hit me was and this is kind of weird and I think you have to be in this kind of situation to realize how heavy that emotion is um the first thing I thought about was how how sad my parents are going to be you know if I die that's a common thought I think about that too yeah and uh and I started to cry I uh sometimes even like to this day I'll think about that moment and the amount of emotion that it that came out of me and uh I'll still you know it'll bring a tear to my eye to think like my parents might wake up without uh, uh, yeah. one of their kids, yeah. you know, and how sad that's going to cause them to, to be. So I started, I started crying a little bit and uh, we get to the hospital. They immediately uh, roll me into the, uh, um, is it like the trauma unit or yeah. something like that? And uh, the surgeon comes in and he looks at me and he goes, Oh, here. Oh, actually, this is this is kind of the funny part. Uh, so I still have my work clothes on, right? I have my jeans on, my shoes on. I have like my my work shirt on. So they put a blanket over me and they start taking off like my shirt. They start taking off my shoes. And there's a I think he's like a male nurse. He's there and he starts unbuckling my 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 pants, and uh, and starts taking my pants off. Like, but you know, there's a blanket over me. But him and I caught eye, eye contact for a second, <laughs> you know, like, and it was just kind of strange, you know, like, oh, I got a, this, this kid, because he was about probably like my age, maybe a few years older, uh, taking my pants off. And it was just kind of him. And I remember him and I caught eye, eye contact for a second. And we were just kind of both like, hey, man, this is just kind of it is, <laughs> it is what it is, you know. And so uh, <laughs> the, uh, the surgeon comes in and he looks at it at my 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 neck and he goes hey man this is gonna hurt a lot and i go all right and he took his pinky and he put it in uh the cut that i had and he he goes i have to look for if there's any broken glass in there all right and he put his pinky in my the 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 wound like pretty deep too and I remember just thinking like it hurt. Like it was just like that stinging yeah. feeling. And I was, I was just like grinding my teeth. Like, Argh! luckily there wasn't any, uh, there wasn't any broken glass in it. So uh, they're like, okay, let's get him into the, you know, surgery. 
So they start rolling me out, and uh, one of the cops, you know, that was with me there, he was just like, hey, man, you're going to be okay. And I appreciate, you know, the cops saying that, you know, a little support. So they roll me into the uh, the surgery room, and I, I look over, and this girl is trying to be, like, slick with it, and she's the anesthesiologist. Yeah. And she's trying to slip some uh, anesthesia into the IV. And I look at her, and I go, is that the stuff? And she goes, yeah. Immediately, my eyes go cross-eyed. Like, and I just go, oh, shit. And then I was out. I went to sleep. And uh, I wake up, you know, however many hours later. And my my parents are standing over me. And, you know, like, that was just nuts. Yeah. It was like, to just wake up to your parents standing over you is, like, insane. I'm still kind of groggy. And I just, and I, I looked at my dad. And uh, I just go, I, I got him, dad. And, he, and my dad just goes, I know. And uh, went back to sleep. So uh, wake up again, and I'm in my room. And it's, I'm like in a shared room with somebody else on the other side of the curtain. And that person was having a hell of a time, making a lot of bad noises and all that kind of shit. And all I want to do was get out of this hospital. I, I'm, just, I'm not a person that wants to, like, be in a hospital. Yeah. And every time I had to piss, I had to piss into this, like, like this bucket for because the nurses were like yeah we gotta like don't don't piss in the toilet piss in this it's like a jug um because we gotta check we gotta make like keep an eye on your piss or some shit and i was like okay whatever so like i just i was pissing like a madman too for some reason so i had to get up piss go back to bed and like a half hour later i'd piss again and i had to always piss in this like bucket or this jug eventually i was just like fuck this dude i'm just gonna piss in the goddamn toilet after like six times right and then uh, I just wanted to leave. I think I spent like 12 hours total. And I, I just told my parents, I'm like, I, I, I got to get out of here. I'm leaving. You know, like, let's get out of here. So they uh, they discharged me. And um, I, I went home and I, you know, didn't go back to work. I think I went back to work like two weeks later. And, uh, you know, I knew there was like the, the trial that was going to be coming up because I'd been speaking to the detectives about what happened. And, uh, a few months later, um, I, uh, the trial came up. So I had to go meet downtown and I met with the prosecutor. And so my mom came with me. And so my mom and I go into the prosecutor's office and we meet the lady. Uh, I can't remember what her name is, but this was strange. Uh, it was an African-American female. And for some reason, a thought in my head came into my head. I was just like, I don't know why, but I feel like this just became a race issue. Like, I feel like something racial, like that's going to be like they're they're going to be like the defense is going to be pulling the race card. You know, it just it just jumped in my head. And I was like, "Eh, we'll see what happens. So uh, I think that was like the same day we had to go there and we do the uh, preliminary and um, that motherfucker, the guy that did this to me, got his ass. He made bail and then went and, like, tuned up his girlfriend or some shit like that and got put back in jail. So he got brought in from, like, where, like, you know, the inmates come in. And uh, guess who he's got? He's got a nice little white English female blonde hair. English. She, she talks with an English accent as his defense. And I was like, oh, man, 
this is this is such a, like a race issue now. Like that's like that's the card they're going to be riding. So right? this guy was black. So it turns out he was he was half black. Okay. And uh, he uh, he he had a rap sheet a mile long, from what I heard. And um, so, anyways, uh, you know they this is like the preliminary stuff just to make sure that they have enough evidence to go forward with the trial. And sure as shit, that's what they're pulling is the race card. They're saying that I walked out, I called him the N word, you know, all this stuff when it, that never happened. You know, I had the general manager of the place right next to me and, uh, you know, that was just this thing though. Hey, I'm gonna pull the race card. And also guess what? I didn't throw that glass. It came from somewhere else. Uh, there's an alley in the back, uh, somebody from the alley must have thrown it and I'm just like this motherfucker you know this motherfucker so uh, we obviously there's enough evidence to pursue for a trial so we go to the trial and so since I'm a witness and also like the victim I can't I can't be in the courtroom I have to be in the hallway because my testimony I can't hear other people's oh, testimony because yeah. it might like fuck with my testimony right so my mom would be in the courtroom and she would kind of just come out here and come out and tell me like what's going on. So the general manager got called up, uh, another security guard that happened to be out there or that, that was out there when the actual incident happened, uh, who actually became a, uh, SDPD cop. Um, they got up on the stand, another girl, uh, that worked next door at a, a sex shop. We, uh, Typhoon Slim was right next to us at the sex shop. Yeah. She witnessed it. She, uh, <laughs> she got up on the stand and uh, and then I got called up on the stand, and so the the defense, this little English woman, is uh, just bad. You know, she's just bad mouthing me, man. She's like, "You're incompetent. You're obviously a racist." You know, like all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there, like, I want to kill this bitch right now. That's like, you know, like yeah. she, she's up here just calling you, like, just blatantly lying. You know, and then she'll she would like walk over to to the guy, the defendant and like, be like, he's a very nice guy. I've, I've got to know him over the past couple days and he seems like a very nice guy. And it's like, bitch, come on. He, he ain't no nice guy. And, uh, so that was the first day of the trial. And I remember after I, 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 I did my testimony, um, my mom, I talked to my mom and I was like, I fucking hate that lady. The defense, the defense attorney, I go, fuck that bitch. And my mom just goes, listen, that's her job. Okay. That's her job. Whenever you see her before or after you say hi to her, be nice. Just say hi to her. And I'm like, all right, you're right, mom. Like that's her job. I'll be nice to her. You know, pretty nice guy. So the next day happens, uh, sure as shit. I saw her in the hallway and I said hi to her. I just, you know, as she walked by, I looked at her and I just said hi and I waved at her and smiled and. You know, she did the same thing. And then she would go into the room and call me a racist and call me incompetent. Then um, I guess his ass got put up on the stand and he started crying and talking about a whole bunch of stupid shit, you know, whatever. And, uh, but he, they were still going to ride this defense that, you know, I called him the N word, that they didn't throw the glass. It came from somebody else in the alley and all this shit, right? So, uh, I think it was about two days the the trial lasted and then on the third day was the verdict so show up my mom goes in the courtroom 
I got to stay outside again. Or it might have been the closing arguments. I can't remember. So I'm outside, and they're doing the closing arguments. Okay? I got that wrong. I remember this was the closing arguments. And the first person out the door coming out of the courtroom is the defense attorney. And she has a bunch of paperwork. I'm sitting on a bench literally right outside the door. She she walks over near me, puts her paperwork on, on the bench, and kind of like acts like she's shuffling it around and like organizing it. And she looks at me and she goes, I'm sorry, and walks off. And I'm just like, holy fuck. Like, that is kind of just like... Yeah. It was just like a holy shit experience, I guess you could say, you know? Like, my mom was right. She's just doing her job. Even if she knows it's maybe not the most up and up, uh, you know, defense. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a if problem she, with being a defense attorney. Sometimes you have to defend people that morally you probably don't want to defend. Yeah. But that's kind of the position you're in. Yeah. And, like, you want to be good at your job, right? You know, so you have to yeah. sometimes sink to a level you don't want to sink to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that just hit me hard, man. She just looked at me and she goes, I'm sorry. And she walks off. That's, you know. So then uh, I think they were like, hey, you know, they're going to probably come back with the verdict in a few hours. And uh, we'll let you, you know, if you want to be down here, you can, or we can just call you. Anyways, the motherfucker ended up getting like a slap on the wrist, right? A slap on the wrist. I think he had to go do like a few months. I think he had like uh, some psychiatric defense, you know, like saying like, oh, I got, you know, I'm fucked up in the head or some shit like that. Some one flew over the cuckoo's nest shit. Yeah, like that's obviously probably a lie. Yeah. Um, anyway, so slap on the wrist. Like I said, not much. Me, I ended up having a bunch of scars on my fucking neck and on the, on my chin and all this kind of, I'm loaded up with scars. Um, probably why a lot of people don't notice it. Cause I got the beard now. Yeah. But, uh, back in the day, man, people would constantly, constantly come to me and go, Oh man, you got hickeys all over your neck. And I used to like get like I used to get pissed off about it. Man. Is that why you grow the beard out? Now? No, you no. just like it. I just like it. But it was like back in the day, like I don't know, I couldn't grow a beard back in the day, like when I was younger. Yeah. So I would just constantly have people be like, "Oh man, you got hickeys on your neck," and like it just fucking like pissed me off every time. And sometimes I'd have to like set the person straight, you know. So, anyways, uh, it was a lot of like emotional. Uh, can I say it was like an emotional roller coaster that I yeah, went through. Sounds like know? it. So anyways, I, I got to kind of get that part of the story out of there. You know, like you got to know that part of the story. So 2013, I made the decision to become a professional wrestler <laughs> and I discovered that you could get a WWE tryout by, uh, you know, however, uh, Ricky Mandel told me he had one and I go, holy shit, you can just get WWE tryouts. You know, like I didn't know that. I didn't know how the process worked. And then a few years later, I, I email Regal and a few months later I get a WWE tryout in December of 2017. I get an email saying you are invited to a WWE tryout in February of 2018. So I'm like, all right, it's go time. Here's one problem. I have a really fucked up ankle because I just fucked that thing up out in Arizona during a match doing a, uh, a moonsault to the outside. So I got to get my cardio up, right? Everybody that does the tryout says it's all about cardio. It's all about like muscle endurance, not about how much you can lift, but about, you know, cardio and endurance. I'm like, all right, cool. 
So got into really good shape. Um, if anybody wants, to, so my match with Ray Rosas at Ground Zero is the the match I had prior to flying out to Orlando. That match was on a Saturday. I flew out on Wednesday. If anybody wants to see what I look like going out to Orlando, watch that match. It's on YouTube. Ray Rosas and I at Ground Zero got in pretty good shape. Um, one thing they tell you on the email is bring a lot of shirts, right? Just bring a lot of shirts because they're so strict about the clean, like cleanliness and like hygiene. They're like, you bring shirts. You got to bring shirts with uh, sleeves, not long sleeve, but sleeves. You don't wear tank tops. You don't wear cutoff shirts. You don't, you know, you wear, they, they want you to be covered up pretty much. All right, excellent, man. Here we go. I didn't tell anybody really. I told like a few people um, at that ground zero. Actually, uh, I wrestled Tyler Bateman at an AWS show a few weeks prior. And I go, hey, Tyler, um, in the back. I go, just give you a heads up. Uh, I got a tryout with the WWE uh, next month. So if we can just kind of like keep it safe. And Tyler goes, I do too. And I was like, oh, shit, you got you to try out too? All right, cool, man. We're going to be at the same tryout. That's cool. And then at the Ground Zero show the weekend prior to the tryout, Kevin Cross was there, and I learned that he was going to be out there too. So I was like, oh, they kind of have like a few Southern California boys going out there. So, all right, here comes Wednesday. You fly out Wednesday. The tryout is a three-day process. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I got to fly from San Diego to Orlando on Wednesday. Long fucking trip. I'm sure you've done it. Whenever you go west to east, it's a waste of a goddamn day because you're going back to the future, for all I know. And uh, my flight, I can't remember if I had a connecting flight or if it was a one a straight shot, but I showed up late. My, my flight ended up landing late. So I get to the airport, the Orlando airport, and... Uh, I had like a text chain of all the guys that I was supposed to ride with in the car, but they had already taken off. And I hit up this guy, Paul, cause he's kind of like the guy that he's like the contact. He's the one that sets up and makes sure everybody's organized all the try the people attending the tryouts. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, uh, I, you know, I, my flight landed late. I just landed. Uh, the guys that I rode with have already taken off. Uh, what should I do? And he's like, can you, uh, can you air, uh, Uber to the performance center? Okay, I guess, you know, so I load up the uh, the Uber and put the destination, the performance center, and it's like 20 minutes away, not even that. Get in the Uber and I start driving there. And it's so weird because the performance center is just like right there. Like it's just kind of like an industrial uh, business complex area. It's, it's, it's weird, man. Yeah. And uh, roll up and uh, and that Paul guy, he he's at one of the side doors. He, he lets me in and... Uh, I had to do the medical screening, right? You got to like, so they just got to check you out, make sure you're okay to be trained or to be doing a tryout. So I uh, show up and I walk in and there's Bateman, uh, him and another wrestler, uh, Jarek 120 and a few other people are, are there. They're like the last like four people. And then I was going to be the absolute last person. And, you know, I'm filling out my medical questionnaire. And this is the funny thing. I was told Fabe injuries. Fabe injuries because if they if you say you have an injury they're gonna not let you try out so I go okay and I had a really bad ankle mind this remember this this becomes important I had a really fucked up ankle okay and uh, 
So I faved him on that. But they were like, hey, surgeries, any kind of injuries in the past, blah, blah, blah. You know, tell us on this medical questionnaire. So I go, okay, yeah, no problem. Um, 2005, I had a surgery on my jugular vein because it got cut. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Start right. I've had like a few surgeries, right? I have a, I had a cataract surgery in my left eye when I was 17 years old. Um, you know, like all this little stuff. And I'm like, this, this is all fucking old shit. You know, that, that's fine. I'm fine with this. Get called into the, uh, the doctor's office at the performance center. And they just kind of check the, the trainers checking me out, making me stand on my right foot, making me stand on my left foot making me stand on my toes, you know? And like, that's the kind of stuff I'm freaking out. Cause even when I was there, the trainer looks at me and goes, what's up with your right ankle? And I go, oh, I don't know. I, I sprained it pretty bad a while ago. And, uh, you know, but it's fine now. And he goes, ah, it's probably from the flight. Sometimes the uh, elevation will make it swell up. And I go, yeah, it must be that. So kind of BS my way through this medical questionnaire and like the, through the little evaluations, right? So then he sends me over to the doctor and the doctor's got a stethoscope and he goes, hey man, tell me about this uh, injury to your neck. And I go, yeah, it happened back in 2005. Uh, he, my jugular vein got cut. Uh, you know, it was an assault that happened upon me and you know, blah, 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 but I'm fine, you know? And he's just like, okay. And he puts a stethoscope up to my neck and he just goes, all right, you're cool, man. And uh, he goes, good luck. And I'm like, all right, cool, excellent, man go to uh the hotel i meet my roommate La uh, laszlo he's a he's hungarian he's a wrestler out of um the pennsylvania area tall guy big guy very nice very nice so met him and uh went to sleep and uh the next day wake up um go downstairs and it was funny because you can see like a few of the other people walking around you know you, just go, you look at it and you go yeah that guy's either an athlete or a wrestler because uh, you know they're pretty good shape and they just have a look to them like hey that person's either an athlete or a wrestler that's all I you know so you start kind of seeing these people walking around you start hey hey are you here for the tryout also blah 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 um, I met another guy Stacy uh, Irvin Stacy Irvin yeah. he would actually be in, he was in the same car as me and him and another guy named Juan who uh, was a UFC fighter well he, he, he hadn't been in the UFC yet but he was a MMA fighter big dude um, he was also in my car. Not very, not very cool dude, but um, he was in my car. He ended up going into the UFC, and he went three and out, got cut. Um, so we drive over to the performance center where, like, you know, you're in like your nice clothes. You want to, you know, make a good impression. So I'm at the tryout. Uh, aside from the people that I just mentioned that were already there, uh, like Austin Theory was there. Nice kid. I didn't know who he was uh, back then, but you know, you looked at him and you're like, "That's a good-looking kid. Looks like he's in good shape," and uh, he was a nice kid. You yeah. know, I, I talked to him for a little bit. Uh, Kylie Ray was there. Um, the uh, Camille, the blonde-haired girl that's uh, girlfriends with um, the dude from Impact, the guy that was married to Charlotte at one time. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, she was there. Um, Kevin Cross was obviously there. Tyler Bain was obviously there. Uh, there's just a, it, was, it was a good, it's a pretty loaded tryout. Eh, it was okay. Uh, Duke, Duke went to the loaded tryout. Oh, did he? Duke basically went to the PWG tryout. Oh, so he was <laughs> the one. Was that the one that Steen went to? Uh, I don't think it was Steen, but he was there with like 
Chuck Taylor, Roderick Strong, oh. like all these. Like he was at, like at a PWG tryout, basically. Um, God, who else was there? Anyways, whatever. I think I remember this trial because I think I remember seeing it on WWE.com and I saw Bateman. Yeah. So unless Bateman's done more than one. No, no, that, that was, was it. probably the one I that saw. That was it. So we uh, we get called in and they're like, hey, guys, we're going to do it a little different this time because normally you would start the tryout doing the physical stuff, right? All the drills and all the in-ring stuff. Uh, and then the last day you do promos and then the matches for the for the wrestlers. They're like, hey, we're going to do a little different, guys. We're going to start off with the promos and then we'll go into the in-ring drilling and then um, the last day we'll end with like a little bit of the in-ring drills and then we'll go to the matches. So they set up all the chairs and set up for the promo, right, the promo time. And as we're sitting there getting ready to start, uh, the doctor comes out and goes, uh, Michael Reitzman. By the way, guys, uh, I don't know if I've made this clear, but Michael Reitzman is my real name. Not Mike Camden. Mike Camden is a uh, is a fake name. Um, and I go, yes. And he goes, hey, can you come on in here for a second? And I go, yeah. And I, you know, go into the doctor's office with the doctor. Uh, I remember his name's Jeff. I can't remember the, the whole name. is. very nice guy. He goes, hey, man, uh, I talked to our head doctor, the guy like in New York, basically told him about your neck. Do you have any paperwork clearing, uh, saying that you're cleared to do this? Like, or did you get like a release or anything like that from, from your doctor, uh, involving that injury? And I go, no, man, that was 13 years ago. You know, it was 13 years ago. I have no paperwork. I couldn't tell you who the surgeon's name was. I couldn't tell you any of that shit. I didn't say that to him, but in my head, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. I was like, no, I don't have anything saying that I'm cleared. You know, I, I, I went for a checkup a few weeks later after my surgery and the doctor said, I'm good to go. That's all I needed. That's all I needed to hear. So he goes, okay, man, well, we can't let you try out. Not unless you get, um, uh, a clearance from a doctor, from a, uh, a, a cardiovascular, a heart and a heart and cardio, cardiovascular specialist. And my fucking heart dropped, you know, like that sinking feeling you get inside. Yeah. You know, I'm like, holy fuck. I just, I did all this work. I flew all the way out here just to get told I can't fucking try out. Like what the shit is that dude? And I saw, you know, I, I fucking start tearing up a little bit. Cause I'm like, holy fuck. This is like insane, man. Like this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to a guy like me. You know, of course there's plenty of motherfuckers out there that get fucking, two, three, four, five, six opportunities and they keep fucking it up because they don't want it. But this could be the once in a lifetime opportunity. I already realized I'm, I was like, what, 36, 36 at that time. You know, like the fucking I'm, I'm it's go time, you know, it's either that or nothing. So, uh, the doctor's like, listen, man, go do your promo, kill your promo and then hang around be social, talk to people and get invited back to another one. And, uh, and, uh, I'm just, I'm just kind of sitting there like not saying anything. All the, uh, all like the trainers just walked by me, like Matt Bloom, you know, all like the, like, uh, Scotty too hottie, Terry Taylor, all of them kind of start walking by me and just kind of like notice that, uh, you know, like something bad just happened. And, uh, so I'm just talking to the, I'm like, what do I have to do, man? What do I have to do? And he goes, you have to get 
cleared from a specialist. And I'm like, well, tell me, tell me what I need to fucking do. I have, I have insurance. I'll fucking, I'll do what I have to do, man. And he goes, well, that's what you're going to have to find a specialist to get cleared. And I'm just like, all right. And he goes, all right, you're about to start, you're about to go do promos, go do your promo. So I go back out there and I have to fucking, I'm sitting there. They just started the promos. And of course, because of my last name, my last name starts with a W. uh, I can start kind of seeing that it's alphabetical order from last names. So I'm always the last person. Like my whole life, I've always been last when it comes to alphabetical order. And uh, sure as shit, I was the last person to go up and do a promo. Now, this is what I'm fucking pissed off at myself for doing. I I had a, pro, a promo planned, right? And when this news hit me, the information I just learned how I was going to be able to try out, I should have fucking ran with that emotion of like, hey, guys. Um, and by the way, you only have one minute to do a promo. I, I, I literally should have said, I understand I only have one minute, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to try out. So I'm going to get as much time as I want. And I don't care if I go over the one minute, you guys are going to hear my fucking story. And I'm going to tell, and I was going to tell him, I almost got killed by a guy 13 years ago. And it's affecting me today. I can't try out, you know, like that, that's, that's what I should have ran with on my promo. And, and basically said, I'm not going home. I'm getting in the fucking ring. Okay, that's it. Bottom line, I'm getting in the fucking ring. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm a, by the end of this tryout, I will be in that fucking ring. That's what I should have, because that's what I was feeling inside. Instead, I just did my fucking bullshit promo because I thought that's what they wanted. They want a character. They want promo skills, right? So anyways, I'm the last one. Um, after that, they're like, okay, guys, go ahead and get your, uh, your you know, in-ring gear on, your athlete, you know, your, your workout gear on. I walk up to Matt Bloom and I go, hey, Mr. Bloom, uh, I can't try out. And he goes, yes, I heard about that. And I go, but I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to be, I'll be in that ring before the end of this tryout. And he goes, okay, good luck, man. So I go into the trainer's room. I start Googling heart and and, uh, cardiovascular specialist in Orlando. And first shot, I hit a, you know, I get a call, I get an answer from, you know, a guy that was very helpful. And I go, Hey, I'm like, I'm crying too, by the way, I'm fucking crying. Um, I go, Hey man, this is the deal. I told him the story. And I go, I don't know any information about my surgery. I know where it happened, and that's it. It was in Scripps La Jolla in San Diego, and that is it, man. I have insurance. And he goes, okay, man, well, let's, let's, get, let's get this taken care of. He calls the hospital. He puts me in on the phone call, and the hospital's like, oh, yeah, that was over 10 years ago. We don't have records of that. We destroy him after a certain amount of time. And this guy's kind of like, wait a minute. No, you should hold on to him for, like, something. And she's like, no. No, like the the system got switched over. Any information over 10 years older is basically like gone. So if I lied about this surgery on that medical uh, 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 questionnaire, they would have never even fucking known because there's no fucking history. There's no record of it happening. So um, like I said, I'm just sitting there crying even more because they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have any information on this fucking uh, surgery that happened. I'm like, that can't be fucking good. Right. Like that's got to make this even worse. So then the guy hangs up with the, uh, the, the, the hospital lady 
And he starts talking to me and he goes, okay, you have insurance? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, okay, what is it? Turns out they ain't never fucking heard of my Sharp. Insur- you know, Sharp out here in California. Yeah. Pretty popular uh, health, health insurance, Blue Cross or whatever the hell it was. They don't know what that fucking shit is in Florida. Yeah. You know, that shit's fucking Greek to them. So um, I go, man, can I just get an appointment? And he goes, yeah, I have a like an appointment time open uh, for like one o'clock or something like that. I go, I'll take it. Is that the first one? I'll take it. So I'm just standing around um, the performance center, watching everybody work out. Uh, the Paul guy, the the contact, walks up to me and goes, "What's up, man? How you doing?" And I'm like, oh, "Not good, but you know, I'm gonna take care of this." And he goes, "Do you want to go home? Do you want me to get you a flight home?" And I'm like, "No, no, man. I'm I'm taking care of this shit, dude. I'm I'm not going home. I'm fucking going to be in this ring." And he goes, "Are you serious?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Like, I don't know if anybody else has ever fucking done this. Because everybody I talked to about this, they all looked at me, like, surprisingly, like, wait a minute, you're actually going to, like, you're going to get cleared. You're you're trying to get cleared in three days, you know? And I'm just like, yeah. I'm Like, I don't think you guys are going to fucking stand. Like, I am not quitting. I'm not going home. All you'd have to do is see a specialist, and they would have to, they all have to do is say, you're, you can do this. You're okay, right? That's all they need, right? Sounds easy, right? Sounds very easy. Remember the medical profession that it it moves slow, right? Yes. So uh, I'm talking to Paul and uh, I'm telling him like, "No, nah, man, I'm I'm taking care of this. I don't give a shit. I didn't fucking come out here to go home. Like I'm literally telling him this stuff. Like I did not come out here to go home. I'm trying to show these motherfuckers as much as I like how much I fucking want it, basically, right? So one o'clock comes around. I take the rental car over to the uh, to the uh, heart and cardio cardiovascular specialist, which happened to be like 16 minutes away. And I remember I I fucking got to the I got to the fucking uh, to the to the specialist office, and I pulled up and I start I I fucking just broke down in the car for some reason. Like I can't believe this is fucking happening. You know, like I this you know. It was weird. I don't break down a lot, but that wasn't one where I had an emotional breakdown and I just started crying in the car. Go in, um, and I, I find the guy that I was talking to earlier. And, uh, very, you know, this, this whole staff was incredible, man. I, I, I can't remember. It's like Orlando, Harton, cardiovascular, you know, specialist, whatever. So, uh, they bring me in and I'm talking to the doctor and or the the specialist and he's kind of just i'm telling him the whole situation how long ago this happened you know all this stuff like and he goes okay well we have three tests we got to do i go okay and he goes one of them is a um is like a like almost like an ultrasound yeah and like another one is like an ekg or some shit like that and and then he and another one is i think it's called a stress test yeah, where you run on the treadmill. Yes. And I go, okay, let's fucking do it. <laughs> let's go, man. I'll do it right now. Let's do. Let's go. And he goes, well, we can't get you in today. He goes, but we can do it tomorrow. And I go, when's the earliest I can get here? When is the earliest I can get here to fucking knock these tests out? Oh, I'm sorry. My fault. He was actually like, 
We can take care of the ultrasound today. We can take care of the EKG today. The stress test, we got to do tomorrow. Forgot about that. That's how it worked. So I'm like, okay. And um, I go back out and I'm, I'm talking to the nurses. And not the nurses, the front, the front desk people, the, the girl, the ladies that run the front desk. I, they, like I said, they don't know. They don't have my, they can't take my insurance because they never even fucking heard of it. Um, I haven't even asked how much is this going to cost? Me? I was going to, I can't even imagine how much all this is going to cost. They're lining up everything. And I go, Hey, um, quick, cause we're, we're, we're organizing like these tests. Like, okay, we're in a couple, we're scheduling it for tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And I, I just look at her. I look at the lady and I go, I got, I got a question for you. How much is this going to cost me? <laughs> and she goes, okay, yeah, here's the price. It was, uh, it was almost a thousand dollars for everything. Yep. It was about a thousand dollars. That's a lot less than what I thought it would be. It's still a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I called my wife and I, I've kept her updated on what's going on. And I go, uh, Hey Beth, um, they can do the tests. It's going to cost a thousand dollars. And my wife, God fucking bless her. She's the greatest fucking wife ever. She goes, do what you got to do. I was like, all right. And I just handed, handed the, these people the credit card and I said, run it. Let's fucking do this, man. So, uh, took care of the EKG, took care of the ultrasound stuff. What I, and I might be messing up the names of these fucking tests. All I remember is the stress test. Okay. So I go back, uh, knock out the, uh, the ultrasound, knock out the EKG, uh, go to the, uh, they're like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow for the stress test. Cool. Go back to the performance center. Um, I pick up my car of guys and go back to the hotel. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking depressed, man. I'm capping depresso. You know, like these guys are all beat up and tired. And I'm just like, that's the way I, I, I thought I was going to feel today. You know, like that's what I was expecting. That's what I wanted. You know, like these guys, like people are like complaining about how tired they are. And I'm like, you don't understand how much I want to be in your fucking shoes right now. You know? So anyways, um, get back to the hotel and these guys wanted to go out for dinner. And I, I, I told my, my roommate Laszlo, I go, Hey man, um, I, I don't have it in me today, man. I don't have it in me today. Like I, I, I can't, I'm sorry. It was like a real stressful day for me today. I, I, I just want to go to the gym, like the hotel gym. And I want to like go just get some energy out. And Laszlo, man, what a great guy. He, he, he just goes, he goes, Hey man, come here, man. He just gives me a hug. And I'm like, this guy's awesome. You know, like he understands what I'm going through because he's been wrestling for a long time too. And this is his first tryout, you know, like he understands what I'm going through. Not compared to the other, the other motherfuckers that were athletes. Those are people, those are non-wrestlers. Dude, I had some motherfuckers coming up to me being like, what happened, man? You can't, you can't hang. And I'm just looking at him like, fuck you, you know, like, fuck you, dude. I, I, I heard cats talking about, you know, like, oh, I, I just wanted to come out here just to get away, you know, as a vacation, you know, saying all this, they, they didn't want to be professional wrestlers. They didn't want to be professional wrestlers. They didn't want to work for the WWE. They have, they've heard of the WWE. They watched wrestling when they were kids, but it wasn't ever their dream. Their dream was whatever sport or athletic competition they came from. And they're just like, Hey, it's, it's, it's the fact, this is why I always say it. It's the fast pass. You know, if you tell anybody, Hey, would you like to be a WWE superstar? 
they're going to be like, hell yeah, I'm going to get fast passed. Let's fucking do it. That's not the route. You should, you should probably look for the guys that are looking to grind their way up to the top, you know? Um, so anyways, I, I went down to the, that, the first night or the, the second night, the first night after the tryout, um, I'm just in the hotel room or I'm not in the hotel. I went to the hotel gym, just worked out for a little while. And then there was like a TJF across the street. And I just went over there and ate by myself, came back to the room. Blazzle was there and we were just kind of hanging out for a second and then ended up going to sleep. We had to be at the performance center at like eight in the morning the next day. And then I had my, my stress test at like nine, something like that or nine 30. So drove those guys, woke up the next morning, drove those guys to the uh, performance center. And I said, all right guys, I'll see you later. I gotta go take care of the stress test and uh, show up there. And I go, I don't even know what a stress test is. Right. Show up. And uh, the nurse lady who's going to be performing it with me or doing like, you know, her part goes, okay, let's go in here. And you know, we go in there and she shows me the treadmill and she goes, okay, here's what a stress test is. And if anybody doesn't know what I'm saying or, or kind of like what I'm describing, think of 50 cent in the club music video where he's all strapped up to like uh, wires and stuff like that. And he's on a, and he's on a, a treadmill. That's what a stress test is. So I go, fuck me. I got to run because remember I have a fucked up ankle. I can run in the ring. Like I can run the ropes because it's padded. Um, I can run the ropes, no problem. But I remember telling, asking Ricky Mandel prior to the tryout, I go, is there any running? Like, and he goes outside of the, outside of the ring. No. And I go, oh, I'm golden. I'm cool. So I, I just I'm like, holy fuck, I got to run on this treadmill. I and I got a bad ankle. What? All right. Of course I don't tell her that. So, uh, I get on the treadmill you know, she hooks me up with all the wires and stuff like that. And I go, Hey, how long do I got to go for? And she goes, as long as you can. And I go, all right, what's, what's the longest you ever seen anybody go? She goes, the longest I've ever seen somebody go is 20 minutes. And that was a marathon runner. So I go, okay, well, there's the bar, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to put any doubt into this specialist head that I, you know, I cannot do this. So, so what happens during a stress test is they, sh they start you at a very moderate pace and then they start inclining you and they start, uh, uh, the pace starts going faster. So all of a sudden you're running like very inclined at a very fast pace. So get into it, start doing it. And, uh, you know, I'm fighting through the fucking pain of my ankle. I'm just fighting it. And, uh, I made it 16 minutes. 16 fucking minutes and I was very proud of myself I remember watching the clock or the timer and just at 16 minutes I go that's got to be enough <laughs> you know like that's got to be enough man like if, 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 if the if this nurse is saying the longest she's seen somebody run is 20 minutes then I think 16 will cut it and plus I just couldn't handle the pain anymore of my ankle so uh, get off uh, the get off the uh, the treadmill and I talk, talk to the nurse and I'm like, okay, cool. So when's the, uh, when's the specialist going to be in to, uh, to check this out, to clear me. And she goes, Oh, um, he's off today. He won't be, he won't be back till tomorrow. And I go, what? I go, no, 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 no. Like he said he was going to be here today. 
like I need him. I, I don't have till tomorrow. I like I, I need this to happen today. Remember what I told you about the medical profession? Yeah. It, it runs slowly. And she goes, well, I can maybe get another doctor to look at it. And I go, get whoever the fuck. Like, I'm like, get whoever you need. Get whoever you need to, to, to sign me off. That's all I care about. She goes, but I'm going to have to like hit up that doctor. And actually, he's at the hospital doing like some other thing today. And I'm like, can you please just, <laughs> I just need this to get signed off. Here's the situation. I'm only in town for a few days. I have a tryout with the biggest professional wrestling company in the world. This is like kind of like a dream. And she goes, I'm going to do what I can to help you out. And I was like, all right, thank you. And she goes, you can go ahead and, you know, take off and, and I'll, I'll, we'll keep you in the loop. And I go, all right, thank you very much. So I drive back to the performance center and, uh, I'm just hanging out. Everybody's doing their drills and, and, you know, are in the ring doing their stuff. And I'm just walking around like a fucking mope. And I have all like, like Terry Taylor came up to me and was like, Hey, what happened? What's going on? And I told him the story. And he was like, it's ridiculous. They fly you all the way from San Diego to Orlando not to give you a tryout. Like, Taylor Taylor was cool as shit. Gerald Briscoe told him the situation. He was cool as shit. Everybody I talked to, cool as shit, man. Lacey Evans, not very nice. Um, She's kind of like the hard ass. So she's yeah. like a former military police. That's probably why I know that tryout. Because I think there was some video they posted where her doing all these drills at one of these tryouts when she was like being such a hard ass and like yeah. mocking the trainees. And I'm just like, yeah. So, um, she's kind of like giving me shit. Like I remember there was like a break. And so the ring, like the, the room where all the rings are, it's big giant. That's like where they were filming the perform, like, uh, uh, NXT and raw and SmackDown during all this COVID stuff. Yeah. So that's it, like its own room. That's like a big giant room, and then they have like their workout room, which is like all like the uh, the weights and the squat racks and all the workout machines and all that kind of stuff. And then there's a big glass thing and divide, divides it. And uh, everybody's in the workout area because they're on like a break. And I just walk into the to the ring room, and I'm just kind of like walking around, like just you know. And Lacey Evans was over in the corner. I didn't see her, and she goes, "Hey," I go, "Yeah," and she goes. You don't. You're not allowed in here right now. Go go meet up with everybody else. And I'm just like, like, like I'm not going through enough emotional fucking stress. And now I got this chick like yelling at me. And I'm like, all right, you know. So I go back over there and, um, I uh, I'm I'm waiting for. I got a phone call from the uh, the 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 medical office, the heart and uh, cardiologist cardiovascular whatever the fuck it's called and they're like hey uh so that doctor is going to be in later um the guy that was helping me out and he'll be able to check out the uh the results from the stress test and i think he'll be in around like 12 or something like that so i'm just counting the fucking you know i'm constantly looking at the clock looking at my watch or you know whatever just kind of being like i just you know, I'm just the minutes were going by so slow. So finally, I get a phone call from the uh, from the doctor, and he goes, "Hey, Mike, uh, this is so and so from wherever. Hey, I got some good news for you. You're in a lot better shape than me." And it's just like, "Cool, I know that." And he goes, "But I can't clear you." And now, mind you, it's like twelve or like one o'clock 
on the second day of the tryout. Um, and I, I literally dropped. I literally dropped. Like, I sat down. Like, I, I literally, like, fell onto, like, my ass, like, sitting down. And I, I just go, no. Like, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. You can clear me. And he goes, no, uh, listen, man, there's something going on with your jugular vein. There's something going on. I don't know what it is, but there's something going on. And I go, doc, you can clear me. I've been wrestling for, I think at that time, like six, five or six years. I go, I've, I'm fine. And he goes, well, if somebody was to put you in a chokehold, you know, you could go to, you, you know, you, you, you may pass out. And I had to get real with the doc. I had to smarten him up. And I go, doc, it's fucking fake. This is fucking fake what I do. Just clear me, please. And he goes, if I was to clear you, I'd have to put a lot of restrictions on you, man. Nobody could touch your neck. Nobody could be, go around your neck. And this is professional wrestling, right? Like, that's not going to fly. And I go, please, clear me. I, I, you know, and he goes, listen, I'll clear you, but I need you to come back in. Uh, we got to do one more test. And I go, when can you do this fucking test? And he goes, right now. And I go, I'll be there in two seconds. Literally hang up on him, walk right out of the performance center, and I fucking hauled ass there. They're, 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 like I said, these people are fucking great, man. They're literally, as I walk in the door, they open the door to go to the back. And they're like, come on, Mike, come on, you know? They lay me down on a fucking uh, bed, and they have to do the ultrasound thing again, right? So they brought in another another specialist. So I got these two specialists and a nurse who's uh, rubbing, or who's got the little uh, electronic thing to my neck. And I'm laying there, and I'm, and, and, I can hear them talking, but they're talking like fucking doctors and they're making it sound like I can't, I'm not getting cleared. And I literally, I'm just, I have tears coming out of my fucking eyes. Like I just spent a thousand dollars to get told that I can't fucking try out now, you know, like what the fuck? So, uh, I'm laying there. Like I said, I have tears rolling out. I'm hearing these doctors talk and it doesn't sound fucking good. And then all of a sudden the second specialist, the one that was brought in goes, yeah, he's fine. And I just, I, I was like, oh my, like fucking, like a weight lifted off my shoulders, you know, like, like it was the greatest thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. So that specialist leaves. I stand up, the specialist looks at me and he goes, hey man, you're good to go. And I fucking hugged him, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I just fucking hugged him. And I go, when can I get this? When can I get the release letter? When, when can, when can you write this up? And he goes, uh, I can I can probably send it over in a half hour. I go, if you do it right now, I'll drive it over myself. And he goes, no, Mike, I'll, I'll send it over. Just give me their number, right? So I'm like, fine. I get, I give I uh, I call over there. I find out the fax number, all this kind of you know information. Go back over to the performance center, and uh, and uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for this fax to come through, saying that I'm cleared. You know. So the trainer there, I'm just hounding him. I'm probably annoying the fuck out of him because like every 10 minutes, I'm like, hey, did they did they send it over yet? Did they send it over yet? And he's like, no, they haven't sent it over yet. Finally, like an hour later, the guy comes and goes, hey, man, uh, it just came through. And I'm like, sick, dude. I'm fucking, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Let's go. You know, because I've already changed into like my athletic attire. Like it's, I'm like, it's time to fucking rock, you know? And, and he goes, problem is, 
the doc, the Jeff guy, he's not there. And he has to see it to get it cleared. He goes, so I'm trying to get a hold. So this trainer goes, I'm trying to get a hold of him so I can let him know that the letter came through so you can get cleared from him. And I'm like, oh my God. Another half hour goes by of him trying to get this doc on the phone. Finally, he gets the doctor on the phone and, uh, and it's like, Hey, this came through. It says he's cleared to do all everything, you know, whatever. And this doctor's like, cool. He's cleared then. I think that's pretty fucking incredible what I just did. Right. You know, I, uh, I showed up, told, I got told that I couldn't fucking wrestle, told that I needed to get cleared. I got it fucking done. I got it fucking done. Walk over to, uh, Matt Bloom and Canyon Seaman was there um, with the trainer, and they're like, uh, he is cleared to try out. And I'm kind of like, and, and Matt Bloom goes, okay, cool, get warm. And I'm like, I'm ready to go. They're doing like this uh, kind of like running the ropes uh, drill where like, you, you know, you do a three-quarter roll, hit the ropes, keeps running, keep doing, you know, all, all these different, and I'm like, yeah. I, I've got that in the bag. Let's go. And I told Matt Bloom, I go, get me in there right now. I'm ready to go. And he goes, no, go ahead and relax, man. We got the last the last drill of the day, and you can jump in on that. So I'm like, fuck, all right. You know, I'm so I'm like doing like air squats. I'm just jumping around. I'm trying to like get my body warmed up. You know, I'm trying to like just be ready for this drill because I don't know what the fuck it is. So they finished the drill that they were previously doing, and they're like, okay, guys, this is going to be the last drill of the day. Um it's the hardest drill of the, of the of the whole tryout also it's the one where they put the heavy bag in the middle of the ring and you hit one one ro- uh you hit one of the ropes drop down in, uh next to the heavy bag uh you basically do like a um, a burpee and then you jump over the heavy bag oh jeez and then you land on your stomach burpee back up hit the ropes continue you know so hit the ropes drop down burpee jump up over the bag drop down burpee hit the ropes and repeat. That's all that's of which the drill. pretty much requires you to push off your ankle. Uh, th- that wasn't that bad. That wasn't that bad. Okay. But it, it it blows you the fuck up. Yeah. Anybody that's ever done it knows it blows you the fuck up. So, uh, and I'd heard this is the hardest drill. So I'm just like, fuck me. I got to jump into the hardest drill like right off the bat. All right, let's fucking do it. So he goes. Uh, Matt Bloom goes. Hey, we're gonna do this a little differently. Normally they would just have you do it, you know, ten times. You know, hit the ropes, you know, and, and count 10 times basically, or some shit like that. He goes, We're going to change it up. We're going to do one minute sessions. So, and we're going to split this up into two groups. So, you know, at this letter of the name in the alphabet, you guys go over there, you guys go over there, and then they evened it up, right? And it was like some kind of competition, but it wasn't really a competition. So, anyways, because of my last name, I'm the fucking last to go. So here's what it is. Get in the, you get in the ring, and it's one minute in this ring, and then you immediately have to run over to the next ring, jump in, one minute on doing, doing, the, doing the drill in that, and then jump, uh, get out, run over to the next ring, last minute is in that ring, all of hitting the ropes, jumping over the bag, all that kind of stuff. So... Finally, finally, it's time for Camden to go. And uh, first first ring, I'm fucking killing it, man. I'm fresh. I'm ready to rock. I'm killing it. One minute goes by. 
boom, off to the next ring. By this time, your boy's getting a little fatigued, you know? And But I'm just like, fuck it. Just keep going, Mike. In my head, I'm just like, just keep going. It'll it'll end. It'll end. It's, you have two minutes in you. So, hit, you know, doing the drill in that ring. And by the time I hit that third ring, your ass is blown up sky high. And uh, I was like, all right, just keep going, Mike. Just keep fucking going. And my arms are starting to build up like, uh, what is that, like a uh, pump? You know, like you, when your arms get pumped? Yeah. My arms start getting, the blood starts rushing to my muscles. And, like, they start, pump, you know, that the arm pump filling. And I start to, like, uh, you know, you can feel it like, oh, fuck, my body's starting to, like, get overloaded. And I was like, fuck it. I'm not quitting, man. I'm not quitting. And uh, that third ring busted it out man by this time everybody kind of had like all the other uh, tryout attendees had kind of known what i had, had gone through so they're all banging on the fucking my ring and shit like that and uh finally boom the, the buzzer goes off and i'm done and my arms are just fucking you know pumped up i, I i'm exhausted my my lungs are on fire my legs are fucking noodles i mean this is three minutes of like going hard the hardest i've probably ever gone for three minutes and uh, I stand up and I'm like, fuck, thank God it's fucking over. And uh, that Riddick Moss dude, he was the he was the guy in the in the third ring, like the trainer. And he was like, good job, man. And uh, so they're like, okay, guys, come on over here. Everybody get over here. Everybody starts walking towards the center ring. And I kind of hang out in the back because I'm like, I'm dizzy. My fucking lungs are on fire. You know, all this stuff. And uh, I walk over to the to the ring and I just put my hands on the apron just to kind of like balance myself and just kind of like, you know, reset. And I hear this, you shouldn't be tired yet. You just got in there. And I turn around, it's goddamn Gerald Briscoe. And I just go, fuck. I go, no, man, I'm just kind of dizzy. Just, just trying to hold myself. I'm just kind of dizzy. And he goes, oh, you, you just got in. You shouldn't be. And I'm just like, fuck me. You know, like, fuck. And... uh Anyways, that was the end of the day. That was it. I went hard for three minutes, and it fucking almost killed me. Actually, I was talking to Jarek 120 afterwards, and he goes, and Jarek goes, I was actually thinking about it. He goes, you had it harder than us because we were all at least, like, warm, yeah. and we'd been working out all day. He goes, you had to go in there cold, and I'm like, yeah, man, it, it sucked. But, hey, man, I got through it, right? And I'm fucking good to go for the third day tryout. And it sucked because – right before they broke us for the day on the second day, they started calling all the names of the wrestlers. Like that was going to get tryout matches on the, on the third day. And, uh, they didn't say my name. And I was like, fuck dude, you know, like this fucking sucks. Cause that's all I, like, I, I really wanted that tryout match, you know, all these drills, all this, it's all bullshit, right? Yeah. In the ring, what you can do in the ring is is, is what really fucking matters. Yeah, they only do the drills to make sure you're not completely out of shape. Yeah, exactly. And also to kind of like just see who really wants to fucking be there. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, night three comes up, and uh, or I'm sorry, uh, second night of the tryout, I, I go back to the hotel, and uh, those guys wanted to go out to dinner again, and I'm like, hey guys, I, I need to go to the gym. Like, I need to like just kind of get some more energy out. And uh, did the same thing. Went to the gym, and then ended up going to TGI Fridays, and then uh, and then came back and went to bed and waited. For, you know, all right, this is gonna be my my opportunity. So we uh, 
we drive eight o'clock in the morning on uh, this is Friday. Uh, no, this is Saturday morning now. So Saturday morning, um, get there, start doing the uh, the warm ups, which is just a bunch of push ups, squats, getting up, getting down to the right because that's what you do in wrestling training. Um, yeah, and then I remember like there was just like some in ring work or drills like high knees in the corner. Um, and then you like they'll blow the whistle and you have to drop down and you know get right back up and continue to do high knees in the corner. There's other kind of weird stuff going on. I can't remember exactly like if they called out this number, you had to do like a three quarter roll out and then like a three quarter roll back. I don't know, whatever, right? So I remember one ring. I'm I'm killing it, man. I'm killing it. I'm fresh. You know, I I haven't worked out or I haven't trained ex- except for like that one drill the day prior, but I'm killing it. And I remember Lacey Evans came up to me uh, while I was doing high knees in one of the uh, the rings and she goes uh, what's up man you're uh, you cleared and she goes I go yeah and she goes okay good and she goes do you have a tryout match I go I don't know I don't I, I'm by the way I'm doing high knees as I'm talking to her and then the whistle would blow to do a drop down and I would just be like hold on <laughs> you know and I would drop down come back up and continue my conversation with her and she's like do you have a you know she's like do you have a tryout match? I'm like, no, I don't. They didn't call my name out yesterday. She goes, I'll get you one. Uh, yo, Lacey Evans is fucking over in my book. She couldn't be more. She she was awesome. She goes, I'll get you a tryout match. And I'm like, I appreciate it. If, if you do, thank you. And uh, I think it was, it was funny. So, it's, you know, you're running from, you're you're doing all these drills and you go from one ring to the other. And they want you to get out very safely almost like you don't know what you're doing like in a wrestling ring if i get out of a wrestling ring i know how to get out i'm grabbing the second rope i'm putting my right hand i'm putting my left hand on the on the second rope i'm putting my right hand on the apron and i just jump out you know and you you let your legs go out but they don't want you to get out that way they want you to literally like get out onto the apron sit down onto the apron and then slide off right and i remember a few people like got like they were got on a few people for doing that but these are probably obviously like experienced wrestlers that were just used to getting out the way that wrestlers do. And uh, uh, I remember one time I got out of the ring and I had to haul ass to the next ring and I did it the way that a wrestler does, right? The way that I normally get out of the ring. And I remember out of the corner of my eyes, I saw Lacey Evans like see it and she starts like, she made a, like a like a motion to like come, like she was gonna like come over and like tell me not to do that. And I saw William Regal grab her and stop her and I'm thinking he must have known the situation that I was in and was probably like yo this guy's fucking been through hell don't worry about yeah. it so uh, anyways did a great job like I was really happy with the, my performance in the ring on all the drills all that kind of stuff and it was only maybe like an hour and a half of drills that we did and then they were like okay guys uh, wrestlers we're gonna get your matches. We're gonna get to the matches now. So uh, get your ring attire on, and then they announce the matches, and they start naming everybody. You know, like, hey, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, and then finally, they say my name, Wrightsman, and then I was wrestling my roommate Laszlo, and I remember they they as soon as they said my fucking name, I just fucking like, like I had like an uncontrolled outburst. Like a yes, you know, like 
that's all I wanted, man. I just want to get, I just want to do a match, you know? So, uh, and they give you, so you have like a five, I think five minutes, six minutes at most to do a match. And um, they come around and Matt Bloom comes up to us and goes, uh, uh, I want you over, uh, Wrightsman, I want you over with your finisher. And by then I was like, I was just doing a buzzsaw kick basically, right? Pretty fucking weak. And uh, I'm like, all right, cool. So they must have had like 15 matches that day. We must have, and, and Laszlo and I must have been like the 12th or 13th. And I remember Kylie Ray had to go twice because they had an uneven amount of girls. So she had to go twice, which was pretty impressive. And then here's the funny thing. So we did our match, right? And I'm like, hey, Laszlo, I got to like put everything I have into this match because they haven't really seen too much out of me. So I, I just, you know, I kind of have to like get a lot in. And he goes, yeah, I understand. And so I want to do like a flying arm bar. Um, and a few other things. And get this. God, this is so funny, man. This is so funny. So I used to do like the whole sliding into the corner thing, right? And uh, I go, hey, Lazo, at one point I, I'm going to do this. Uh, I'll back away from you. And then I kind of like slide into the corner. And uh, and then I'll come back at you with a, like a form. And he goes, oh, man, no. Don't do that. Don't turn your back to me at all. Because uh, they don't like that. Uh, I did a uh, I did a uh, seminar with Steamboat, and he said never turn your back to the to to your opponent, which I agree with. He's one hundred percent correct. I don't think Laszlo was understanding what I was talking about. Where it's like, hey man, my back my back is going to be to you for a millisecond. You know, it's not like a yeah. It's not like I'm walking away from you with my back to you. I'm literally just going to turn real quick. But of course, I was like, oh, you're right, man. Of course, I fucking kept it in. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're right. I'll keep, I'll, 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 I'll remain looking at you, but I didn't. Um, okay, so we're uh, we're waiting, we're waiting for the mat, our match to show up, and and this is why I, I I always tell younger wrestlers and you know that maybe have like one or two years in, go do tryouts, go do tryouts, even if you have to pay for them, go do them. Why? Because it's good experience. It's good experience. It's, it's good experience to to feel what kind of environment that is you know whenever somebody talks about i think with younger wrestlers whenever you hear like the term like a tryout they think the best of the best shows up wrong wrong go to a tryout you'll have your fucking mind blown about who shows up so mind you we're at a wwe tryout here all right these are not good matches that are happening almost kind of like to the point where you're like this is these are the wrestlers that you brought in for this tryout like this is this is bad now are but, the people running the tryout are they saying that or is it no is it just it's, kind it's of it's like, just my own personal opinion okay um and you know I might, I might have a higher standard maybe I'm being a dick I don't know but I just I'm watching these matches I'm like these aren't great matches you know these are not incredible matches um and I was like well I'm I know what I can do, and I'm gonna fucking do it. And I, I, I guarantee I look better than than the rest of these guys. So and girls. So um, finally, we uh, we uh, get called up to do our match, and uh, you got to go behind the curtain. You do the whole entrance and everything, right? And 
while we're in the back, uh, right behind the curtain, uh, Laszlo peeks out and he goes, uh, Kylie Ray was wrestling a girl. And he looks at me and he goes, they just did our finish. And I forgot what our finish was, but it was like, it must, it might've been like a, uh, uh, it must've been like a schoolboy roll through to the buzzsaw kick or something like that. Um, and I go, okay, what do you want to do, man? We can change it real fast. I don't give a shit. We can change it. They don't know what the fuck my finisher is, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, Laszlo goes, no, let's just keep it how it is. I go, that's fine too, man. Like whatever. And, uh, so I think I went out first and then Laszlo came out and, you know, they obviously you have all the, the, the tryout attendees around you. Everybody's around you. Everybody's watching all the higher ups, all the fucking, you know, like Gabe Sapolsky was there, you know, like there was a whole bunch of people there. How was your lockup? Say what now? How was your lockup? Uh, I think it was fine. I, no, this is the best part. This is the best fucking part. Okay. So Laszlo in the back goes, "Hey, let's do because he he has a Hungarian character. He goes, uh, let's do like the let's let's do like uh, can you try and get like a USA chant started? And I go, dude, that's fucking corniest. Like in my head, I'm like, that's corny as fuck. And I'm like, can we not do that? Because I'm not really like that Mister America character, you know. This is like where I just wore like black trunks, black tight or a black uh, kick pads, black shoes. You know, I had my like my hair wasn't as long as it is right now, but it's like down to my shoulders. You know, I still got it. You know, I'm just I'm like, I'm not really like that person. Can we not do that? <laughs> you know, like so uh, the bell sounds and we start circling. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever seen my matches before, but I usually will do that thing where you go in for like a single leg from way out and you kind of just slide. It's more of a visual look. Yeah. Right. So I, I was like, okay, I, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to show these motherfuckers. I'm a, I'm a fucking real wrestler, you know? So, uh, Lazo and I are circling around and I, I start to, <laughs> I start to, I take a step, I take two steps and I, I'm going to go slide in to grab an ankle, right. To grab his ankle. And I'm sure, you know, like I said, you, this is coming from a mile away. Any wrestler would know just go ahead and slip out, like step step to the side, and I have I, I don't get you. So as I'm going in for, to, to, to pick his ankle, Laszlo turns his back to me. Remember what I told you about what he said earlier? Yeah. He turns his back to me and tries to get heat from the, from the, from the crowd, from, you know, the, the attendees. Or the atten- right, the attendee, the trout attendees. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I visually see this as I'm going. I'm literally going in, sliding in for like a like a like an ankle pick, basically. I haven't gotten to him yet, but I'm in motion. I'm in full blown motion, and he turns his back to me and 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 is pandering to the crowd. It's amazing how how quickly your brain will think, and and everything else slows down, right? Like fit, like everything in motion slows down, and your and your brain is thinking a, a, a million miles a second, right? And I go, holy shit! He has his back to me. I'm in the process of of going to to pick his ankle right now. These are the best. Re- I'm I'm surrounded by Terry, Terry Taylor, Gerald Briscoe, William Regal, Robbie Brookside, some of the best wrestlers on the planet. Like, what am I to fucking do right now? <laughs> you know, like, what am I to fucking do right now? So what do you think I did? Roll up? No, I fucking grabbed his ankle and I fucking yanked that motherfucker. 
and uh, I yanked it, and he was like, "Oh, like he was kind of it surprised his ass." Yeah, and luckily he like pulled away, and I let go, and I was like, "Well." Yeah, man. <laughs> like, what are you doing? To, in my head, I'm like, he's the one that told me, don't turn your back to me. Yeah. Prior to when we were going over the match in the back. Anyways, so we uh, we had our match. It was going, it, it, it went fine. It went it went cool. It was cool. Um, unfortunately, Laszlo called it, you know, called the, the finish early. He, he uh, I didn't get my flying arm bar in, which kind of was going to be like my flashy shit, I guess you could say. Anyways, no biggie. We had a good match, and I know it was better than a lot of the matches that happened that day. And, uh, you know, I said thank you afterwards, and we waited for the last match to happen. And then they uh, they gather everybody up, and they say, oh, I forgot this part because I was fucking really, really happy about this part. During my entrance, I walked out, and I was, like, really, like, fired up. And then when I took my shirt off in the ring, I was, I, was, I, might, I don't know, yeah, I took my shirt off in the ring, and Austin Theory from the crowd, because Austin Theory didn't do a match. They already knew they were going to sign his ass. Austin Theory from the crowd goes, damn, Mike's jacked. And I was like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, anyways, um, then they gather everybody up. They kind of say, hey, you know, it's going to be a while before we get back to you. Um, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, don't take any pictures of your fucking dick <laughs> you know like that's kind of like what they say like no no sex tapes no nothing because this is like right after i think this is like right around like pages uh sex tape or something yeah. like that so uh yeah man and then they cut us loose and then it was time to fly home that was it um you know i went and i, I can't remember I don't, a lot of people were like went around and like pandered to like the coaches you know all this stuff and uh I don't know. I'm not really that kind of person. You know, I don't think I, I don't, I think I said bye to Paul. I said, you know, appreciate, you know, the opportunity. And they were like, Hey man, that's awesome that you fucking did it. You know, like that you fucking pulled this shit off. And I was like, I would just like to get another opportunity if I can. And, uh, you know, he goes, oh, maybe, yeah, if we could possibly do that. So I was like, cool, man, maybe I'll, I'll get another opportunity to actually come up for a whole full tryout. Right. So, uh, you know, it's kind of weird too is uh, a guy named Ryan Katz who used to be a big name in Southern California and now he works for yeah uh, WWE uh, he kind of does like the uh, a lot of the uh, video packages yeah. for you know whatever they ask him to do he was there and actually I, I said hi to him because somebody told me hey when you're out there say hi to, say hi to Ryan Katz he's a Southern California guy so you kind of want to do your best and I think I said hi to him and told him like, Hey, so-and-so said hi and all that kind of stuff. But he was there and they were doing a video package, right? They're doing a video package and they're, they were like, Hey, we want to interview this person, this person, this person, and this person. And, uh, you know, every, all these interviews are like, I'm not just here to be here. I'm here to get a God, uh, getting, get a contract. And this is like one of the guys that's talking about like how he's just here for like a vacation, you know, like, you're hearing a lot of bull fucking shit come out of people's mouths because these are guys that are like, I'm here to be a WWE superstar. And it's like, no dude, you're like a college football player that didn't go to the NFL and probably got hit up on Instagram by the WWE because you got followers and you're like, probably like a body, like a body guy now. 
anyway, you just hear like a lot of bullshit being spoken into these cameras, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of sitting there and I, you know, like, I'm just like, this is such bullshit. This is such bullshit what they're fucking, this video that they're making. And not to make everything about myself, but this is a company that wants to try and get real emotions out of people, right? Wants to get real fucking emotions out of people. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, if somebody would have, you know, somebody should have said, hey, listen, this guy over here just got told that he can't. He says he's going to fucking try and do this. He's, he's, he's going to have to jump through a fucking a whole bunch of hoops to do this. Maybe you should follow his ass around. And then you would have saw some real fucking emotions. Because I was, I cried my fucking eyes out for two, two and a half days, right? You want, but they, they want that like, hey, look, everybody's happy to be here. Everybody's trying their hardest. Uh, not, I, I was fucking going through hell, you know? Like that would have been like a real video package, a yeah. real, a real fucking story. It's one of those things that would be in your documentary if exactly. you ever made it to like exactly. WWE and became successful. Exactly. WWE, that would be in your documentary. You know, so I was just kind of like fucking bullshit, you know? Plus like you said you saw like those pictures of like Bateman, right? Whenever they have like a, a tryout, they WWE releases pictures of the attendees, right? Guess what? I I did that, but I was like it was kind of embarrassing. Because I guess while I was gone at the at the doctor's office, they did that. Like, hey, over here, take a picture. Hey, over here, take a picture. Over here, you know, like, and then they they put out like a bio, right? Like yeah. who you are, where you're from, your 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 statistics, and all that kind of stuff. And then I remember I got back to the to the performance center, and somebody was like, "Yeah, we just did that," or like somebody yelled out, "Like, hey, if you haven't gotten your picture taken yet, you know, come on over here." And I was like, "Oh, I haven't gotten my picture taken yet." And I did the picture, never got put in, you know, never got put into the, to the WWE website or any of the dirt sheets. My name didn't get mentioned on any of the dirt sheets, you know, like I got shit on, I got fucking shit on and I still did everything I fucking could to get in that fucking ring. And I did, I did a lot, you know, as much as physical stress, those, the, the other, the other attendees put their body through. I was going through that emotionally, like outside, you know? So anyways, uh, a few weeks later, I hadn't heard anything from the WWE. Um, I hit up that Paul guy like, Hey, you know, this is so-and-so I was at the tryout. This is my situation. I'd like to get a, another tryout if it's possible. And he wrote back like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll forward this to the, to the, uh, talent. Um, scouts whatever and then i hit up william regal and i wrote him a, a long email saying like hey you know this is a situation this is why i couldn't try out this is the situation that happened prior to it you know but this is you know and uh i'd like to get another tryout if possible and he did he kind of did the same thing he was just like yeah i'll forward it to the to the talent uh people and see if we can get you another one and never heard anything ever again never heard anything again and it is what it is it is what it fucking is, man. I, I, I'm not like, oh, fuck that. You know, fuck the WWE. No, I'm not. Like, to me, it was a personal victory. You know, like, I went out there and I fucking showed everybody, like, I'm not here just to fucking show up. 
and get told that I can't. You go further than most people ever will. Yeah. You know, like that's what I was there to like, you know, when, when, when the doctor originally was like, Oh, Hey man, like just put on a good face, socialize. Maybe we'll get invited back. I'm not living on that fucking maybe. Yeah. I'm here right now and I'm gonna fucking do this. Cause imagine the story if you had done that. Exactly. You would have never had the trial. You would never had any of the experience. Yeah. So, you know, like nothing came of it, but to me it was, it was, a, it was, it was a, uh, it was an experience and I'm proud of myself for doing it uh, and, and not quitting and not saying, Oh, I'll just go home early and I'll come, maybe I'll come back another time. So um, that's my fucking story uh, with the WWE tryout situation. And uh, I hope I inspire somebody with it. Now here's a question I have for you. So, say this goes well and you got the invitation you are not hesitating at all to move out to florida right no i'd love to do that i mean it'd probably be a interesting conversation with my wife yeah because i remember i forget who it was but it was it was a fairly named bigger wrestler he told us in a locker room one time that i think it was like 2007 they did a tryout out here and there were some big names i don't want to name them on here but like they asked like how many of you guys would move to Florida, yeah, and nobody raised their hand. Yeah, out here, it was the guys out here. So like back then, like no one had, like people just didn't want to do that. Yeah, and I just wonder if like and actually, my, I think one of the people is there now, but and my wife hates Florida. Oh, I, I get it. <laughs> like, I've been to Florida a bunch. I hate it too. Legitimately, like my wife hates Florida because um, like there's like a lot like obviously the uh, there's a lot of humidity there, so there's a lot of mosquitoes, and she gets eaten up by mosquitoes. Yeah. And then you might be just driving down the road one day and you just might turn to your right and there's an alligator just strolling down the street. You never know, man. But yeah, man. Uh, If if that was a bridge I had to cross at a point, I would have crossed it when we got to it. You know, like my wife knew I was going out for a tryout. She gave me the okay to fucking spend a bunch of money to get cleared. Uh, You know, so it wouldn't have come out of the blue. Yeah. Um you just hear horror stories of like what they get when they go out there and whatnot. And it's just like, yeah, but you know, if that's where you want to be and you went through all the trouble of doing the tryout, like you had to know, like, this is what I'm working towards. This is a possibility. Yeah. So like, you know, but yeah, it's definitely a conversation you have to have when it actually comes to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was, it was an interesting time, interesting time in my life. And, uh, it was a goal of mine and I did it. I fucking did it. I had a bunch of hoops thrown in front of me, and I did it. That's all I can say. Well, you've done extra work since then, haven't you? Actually, I did extra work like a month after my tryout. Okay. And actually, that's when I had a tryout match with Jarek 120. I think it was in Vegas. That was it, man. That's the last time I did extra work also. I don't even know how they handle that shit anymore because, like, so they used to do, when they were pre-taping SmackDown, you would do Monday, Tuesday nights. You know, and they'd be around the same location, you know, or maybe a couple hours away from each other. Yeah. And uh, and then if you had a pay-per-view, you could make a, three nights out of it. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I don't know how that shit works anymore. I mean, with Monday night Raw, Friday night SmackDown, Sunday nights, you, every once in a while you have a pay-per-view. So. I don't even know if – I don't even know how they're doing extra stuff right now. Yeah. Because, I mean, they obviously just did a tryout because they just hired a bunch of people. Yeah, uh, Russ, Russ Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, he's one of the guys that got hired. Russ Taylor got picked up, and that guy fucking 
deserves it. Absolutely. If there's ever a wrestler that deserves it, it's Russ Taylor. Yeah. Um, Genuine nice guy too. Yeah. In all my experiences with him anyway. Yeah. Solid fucking wrestler. Uh, I'm happy for him, man. I'm happy for him. Good for him. Uh, I think that's about it, man. I think I, I've been flapping my gums. That was a good story for a long time. I hope you were entertained. I was. Uh, I hope the listeners at home were uh, were entertained. No offense to Devin, but I feel like if you told that story with Devin around, he would have cut you off several times with jokes. And <laughs> this would have been a three-hour podcast. Possibly. God, it's already it's pretty late. All right, man. Well, appreciate you guys listening to this episode of the Hogs and Pod. Um. Go ahead and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a whole bunch of others. You can listen to us on Steel Cage Radio. And uh, shout out to Ten Barrel Brewing, Pub Beer, Cheap Fun Beer, what's up? And then uh, go follow us on at Hogsman Pod on Instagram and at Hogsman Pod on Twitter. And I think that's everything that I got to get over, right? Yeah, like subscribe leave reviews there you go so Devin can be happy there you go uh, no shows coming up still waiting on that so one day guys one days I would think with at least the next uh, definitely 2020 is over you're not gonna have any matches but Pretty early sure 2021 is probably unlikely too I don't know how long I don't know how long this is supposed to last this current stay-at-home order they said three weeks but yeah. they said what 12 days last time yeah well, I'm sure that's one of those things they want to make it go through Christmas to try to get people to not travel for Christmas, but yeah, they're going to do it anyway. We'll see what happens. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, Adam. Yes. If they want the tip, what do they got to do? Uh, they should just take the whole hog. Adios. Adios. <laughs>